Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? Do I have any freaking game? Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to Pirate Radio Live here on a lovely Wednesday in eastern North Carolina. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios, coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com. And watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. We are with you live on those platforms. So you can chime in with your questions, comments, concerns, shout-outs, birthdays, anniversaries, whatever you got here on this Wednesday. We're happy to have you with us as we talk sports for three hours, as we do each and every weekday. Uh, Coming up on today's program, we'll visit with The Voice, Jeff Charles. He'll join us ahead of East Carolina Tulane. We'll talk about that and more with Jeff coming up in just a moment. Also, you will hear from the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. We uh, got pirate football to talk about, another week of college football. We have a game to talk about tonight. Uh, More on that in a moment as there is a college football game of interest coming up tonight uh, that we will discuss with Jeff Nadeau. At 4 o'clock at 4.30, Patrick Mason, Daily Reflector, will join us. And I just realized that I have not contacted Patrick today and asked him if he was coming on the show at 4.30. So I should do that now. Let me text him live on the air. Hey, Patrick, forgot to ask, are you available at 4.30? Question mark. Send we'll have the response live on the air hopefully soon and at five o'clock steven Igo hoist the colors will join us to talk pirate football and more it is coordinator day so Igo will split at around 5 30 uh cj our crew here at pirate radio will be out there hearing from donnie kirkpatrick uh also blake harrell and the head football coach of the pirates mike houston so uh, we'll have that up on our social media accounts later on today and we'll have that audio for you coming up on Thursday. So that is uh, what's on tap for the program. Shirley Rhodes here, CJ Schaefer, and the man of Chan, Chandler Honeycutt, joining me to my left. Hello, Chandler. Hey, Clipper. How you doing, bud? Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. All right. Happy game day in college football. A lot of energy uh, from Chandler here today. Good yes. To see. Yes. Good to see. How you doing all right? Everything good? Yeah, doing good. Doing good. Good to hear. Good to hear. All right. Um, CJ, throw a rundown on the board today. Let's see it. CJ wanted to do one more here today, and uh, we're going to run it down. So the line opened up East Carolina and Tulane at Pickham. Straight up even. Uh, Yesterday, that line was sitting at Tulane minus three. As I check it right now on my trusty phone, I see that the line of this game is three and a half. Mm. So the line is moving towards the green wave. Money is coming in on the wave big time. How do you feel about that? I kind of like it. I'd rather it be like that than the money going in on the Pirates. Okay. Explain. 
I kind of liked it at a pick'em the other day. I hate that it went away from a pick'em. Okay, yeah, it's gone way away from. Yeah, that. I know. So now it it jumped from pick'em to three. <clears throat> now it's at three and a half. Rightfully so. Tulane's coming off a big win out on the road at Houston. I mean, ECU's coming off a, a, a huge win where they showed a lot of fireworks in that win over South Florida. But, I mean, you look at Tulane and you look at the situation they were in last week. I mean, Pirates were in a situation. They were playing in Boca Raton when they were supposed to be playing in, in Tampa, Florida. But thanks to the hurricane, that changed the plans of things. But Tulane, without Michael Pratt, to start the game. Their backup quarterback goes down. Their third-string quarterback comes in and wins it in overtime to... I wonder what he's up to nowadays. I wonder what he's up to nowadays. Tajay who? Spears! Gosh, clip. Well, that ruined everything. Um, but anyway... I'm just letting you go, man. Man, this is a one I, I, man, wanted, I wanted to get you involved. This is a one man show today. I, I wanted to, I wanted to get you involved. But, I want uh, you to take the reins. But uh, Tulane coming off a huge win, and they're they're looking really good under Willie Fritz right now. So Willie th- good, Willie 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 good. <laughs> they are. Um, but uh, last year I'd say their season was a bit on the Fritz, but they have turned it around this year. Absolutely. Good, good job. Now you're getting involved, Clip. Now you're getting involved. Well, but, I saw that you were kind of struggling a little bit, so I had to come in. Well, I, I started the struggle because you weren't. I was reaching out my hand and you just slapped it away. <laughs> well, but I, I, I did the reach where it was like um, a heel turn in wrestling where Chandler's getting his brains kicked in in the ring and he's reaching over to his buddy. And I sit there and I got my hand out and then the last minute I pull it away. Mm-hmm. Chandler's going through a green wave of emotion right now. Hey, wow. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Well done. All right. Uh, but yeah, three and a half. I don't feel too bad about it. Okay, let's do a check in. CJ, how you feeling? Uh, Chandler said a lot of what my thoughts Nonsense. are. I, well, sure. <laughs> he Chandler said a, said a lot. He said a lot. <laughs> no, um, like Chandler said, Tulane is coming off a good week. ECU is coming off a good week. Um, I was a little bit surprised when the line opened up as a pick 'em. Um, a lot of a lot of people we've talked to so far this week, as far as the players go, um, they have said they think they match up pretty well with Tulane, and the two the two teams are pretty similar. Um, but I I anticipated Tulane getting a couple points their way just because they're at home, and I do think that makes a difference. Uh, Pirates will be on the road for the second week in a row, but I'm excited to see. Uh, maybe the most evenly matched game on paper that the pirates have played so far this season yeah it seems like these guys are in the uh the same weight class so to speak let me look up the um the series again because when is the last time east carolina went on the road and beat the green wave in new orleans you gotta go back to 2008 uh 2012 pirates win 28 23 so they have played in this stadium i guess only one time uh in 2018 it's a fairly new stadium too and uh i guess that win came in the superdome or uh whatever it is down there in new orleans but 2012 wow that's been a while since pirates have gotten a win on the road in new orleans has indeed been a while all right, uh, Pirates trying to win at Yulman for the first time. We talked to Corey Glure about an hour ago, and uh, you can see that conversation on YouTube and on Facebook Live. Uh, it's right there for you on Facebook, archived. But 
uh we will air that interview on the radio side of things coming up on thursday show but uh, a little behind the scenes peek of that interview earlier today uh update patrick mason will be here at 4 30 wow just and just like that in the matter of five minutes he invited a guest on the show the guest accepted the invite and he will be on the show it is patrick mason from the daily reflector going to be on pirate deal live coming up at 4 30 i like these live guest invites i'm gonna start do a, doing that now i'm gonna do another one now because i if i don't i might forget again like i did today with patrick uh let's send one out to uh to kevin monroe what do you think uh ball out no uh, flags on the field live guest um reach out to it's got to be a better phrase for that all right what are you saying hey kevin are you available thursday at four o'clock send boom we'll see how it goes wow here we go i tell you what if he turns me down it's going to be quite embarrassing to read live on the air but if he says yes that elation <laughs> it's kind of worth it i mean but it's you're you're risking it and I mean, you people can relate to this you know how tough it is when you put yourself out there like that uh, you know with a date with a and, friend invite with, you know and the cowards out there mm, that, that would do this. scared cowards uh yeah say kevin monroe says no i don't want to be on your show no i can't do it i can't stand you a lot of cowards would be they wouldn't even mention it they'd say oh he has to text me back but if it happens to you yeah you will admit to the people that you were rejected by kevin monroe you will admit to it because you're not a coward uh is our audio working yes we are is, on program now okay all right saw robert say something about it thank you robert robert also said I don't know how I feel about this game. Oh, nice one, Love Robert. Love don't know how I feel about this game. Well done. Uh, I have an Android, so I don't have the... Uh, I can't see when he's seen the message. That would make it even more... Oh, like left <laughs> on red? Yeah. Oh, That boy. would make it even more thrilling. Oh, boy. Hey. Oh, we got it! Oh, my gosh. We got to respond. I'm going to let uh, Chandler... I'm going to let you read this one. All right, cool so this man, is fun this is fun yeah we're talking just two minutes ago i said hey kevin are you available thursday at four i have a response chandler what does that response say i am boom lock them I in am. thursday four o'clock pirate radio live kevin monroe is on just like that folks two guests one today at 4 30 that is patrick mason and then one coming up on thursday balls out no flags it's Kevin Monroe coming up at 4 o'clock on tomorrow's edition of Pirate Radio Live. Uh, let's, uh, let's keep this going. All right. Who you got next? I'm gonna, uh, uh, Troy's supposed to be here tomorrow at 3, uh, but I, let's let's do a confirmation with him. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you sure you get, you, can you come on tomorrow at 3? You still plan on being on tomorrow at 3? Send to Troy Dreyfus. He might be listening, so he might text right back away. And let's see what we get here. Troy's a pretty quick texter, mm-hmm. uh, responder first responder thank him for thank, his texting thank service. you for your service um oh man i mean didn't even take 30 seconds what'd he say yep yep another Ooh. one yep. three for three yep this is awesome man you're on a roll should we keep this going let's keep it going and let's not let's not pay any attention to the rundown <laughs> <laughs> this is taking over my life three for three man it just feels mm-hmm. good to put yourself out there and to get that response you're looking for you know mm-hmm. chandler let's go to your uh your dating profile and hit a few up 
and and throw a few. Nah, that's a different story. Would, yeah, but we're all we're like we got. It'd some, be constant. Hell no. We got some positive Ew. momentum going. Disgusting. Here. No. <laughs> hey, uh, Mike. Hey, coach. You want to come on the show? Maybe Friday. I don't, you were on Jim Rome today. No. Wow. Your first no of the day. No. Three for three on the invites to the show. Uh, remember when there wasn't much going on and we used to do the, uh, we tried to get a celebrity to follow us on Twitter? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. That was fun. Remember when you called me at the middle of a baseball game at Nationals Park to get one in? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Uh-huh. Yeah, I do remember that. Nothing better than day baseball. Did we ever, uh, oh, I got Troy D to follow me on Twitter. Yeah. That was the, um, how we finally that ended that game. Yeah. Uh, because well, he blocked you. No. No, you blocked him. I blocked him. Because of like Kansas, North Carolina or something like the that. The national championship. Yep. He was doing that classic. Uh, Five minutes in and it's over. The, yeah. 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 I Ugh. had to block him. Um, at least he texts back quick. John Moody asking, did Kevin mention why he wouldn't be on the uh, radio broadcast the next two weeks? Well, actually, John Kevin is doing home games this year. And Andrew Bays is doing Andrew Bays is uh, handling the away games. So there is that answer for you, Jonathan. John Boy. Asked and answered. That's what we do here. Just like that. We have all the answers other than that guy that got mad that I couldn't answer the Owen Daffer question on the fifth quarter. Uh, where are we at? Wednesday night football. You know, I pride myself. As a man of faith. As a man of faith. And there's a long fly ball to left field by <laughs> Castellanos. I pride myself on knowing what's happening in the world of sports. Who's playing? When do they play? Where do they play? All the deets. All the details. I come into work today. I'm uh, I'm piddling around, doing a little bit of this, some of that, a little tad of the other. And I overhear, Hi, I'm Jeff Charles, and welcome to a Pirate Radio Sports Break. Brought to you by Ron Aaron Motorsports. Highway north of the airport. In Greenville. <laughs> well Highway 11 north of the airport. Highway in 11 north of the airport in, in Greenville. Greenville. And what I'm do you like, say? all right, Jeff, I know all this. But, uh, you know, other people don't follow it like I do because I'm a nut job that all it just... You're thinking, I don't need to listen to this sports break. I'm, I'm a sports guy. I'm obsessed with sports. I already know everything. I know every score. I know everything. And I hear Jeff say, well, the conference action begins tonight. I perk my ears up a little bit. What is Jeff talking like? Soccer now? What's what is this guy talking about? Swimming and diving? Golf? What are we doing here, Jeff? Looking at the wrong schedule. Jeff come on man and i hear come on jeff ucf will be at the bounce house Uh to take on the smu mustangs and i'm like jeff what are you talking about jeff jeff what what do you know jeffrey and sure enough i i pull up the old score app here i scroll down and i have to scroll down quite a bit because the first thing i see is the hornets play the pacers oh disgusting (laughs) gross and then i see mlb final day and then i get to nhl preseason and sure enough boom right there in front of my eyes smu at ucf at the bounce house seven o'clock tonight we got college football on a wednesday at aj mcmurphy's had no idea shame on me 
Shame on me for even having a small question in my mind if Jeff Charles had gone crazy or not. Yeah. But he had not gone crazy. I just went dumb. Don't question the old voice. But you didn't go dummy. You just went dumb. I went dumb. There is a game tonight, and uh, there's a freaking game. We're we're having a freaking game. We're having a freaking game. We're having sports trivia at AJ's. It's going to be a really good bunch. We're going to have the game. We're going to have the freaking game on the TV. First time of the year there will be live college football during sports trivia, and I, for one, am excited. I am here for it. And it's a good game. When Uh, does Maxion start on Wednesday night? Yeah, that's when the weather gets cooler. I want to say, like, November. So this is a little appetizer to yeah. the uh, Maction. And now time. what I'd like to do is look ahead, and in fact, I'm going to do it right now. And I'm pleased to, as Peach to report to you that next Wednesday night, Louisiana is at Marshall. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Give it to me, baby. What a time of the year. And, and basketball's approaching. Look at this guy. He's just going nuts. <laughs> He's going crazy on the stat app. Uh, it's called the score app, son. Excuse me. Uh, I mean, a stat is a, is a statistic. That you can look at. That you can look at. Yes, it is, Brian Bailey. Uh, so, college football tonight. Uh, UCF, a three-point home favorite against the SMU Mustangs. Saw that story about... I, I, clarify i saw the headline about multiple smu players like mm-hmm. entering like Just not playing anymore or whatever sitting out the rest of the year but aren't i think they're like backups and there's like two of them like it's not who cares i don't think it's that big of a deal who cares i mean they're sunny dykes left last year so this is uh and that yeah it's not a positive thing for sure in terms of things being positive but whatever i haven't looked into it much um all right let's get to our upset picks for this wednesday so every week myself cj and chandler pick a top 10 team that's going to lose this weekend and a top 25 team to lose this weekend uh all let's look at last week i said let's let's take a look i said that nc state would go down to death valley and lose to clemson you are correct sir chalk it up you are correct sir and I said, that's, uh, I don't want to be a basic B. Sometimes I like to, you know, give the boys a little play time, a little free time. You know what I'm saying, Chandler? The boys? Yeah. Are the boys out? <laughs> on the table? Are, you, are, are the boys going to be on the table today? Sometimes I like to put them out there. Um, and I did. I said, you know what? I see a top 25 matchup. I see a home team favored by a touchdown. I don't want the points. I don't need the points. I've got an outright upset happening in tallahassee florida give me wake forest over florida state put it on the board two and oh for me last week so then we go over to chandler and chandler sees a top 10 team that is uh i like to say arkansas's tough as nails i need a phrase for kentucky because with mark stoops they are a tough physical football team it was the chan man game of the week the chan man game of the week kentucky went and played of course we all remember it but i'll let you say it Ole Miss. That's right, Ole Miss, because I'd forgotten. And Kentucky went in there as a top 10 team. Kentucky left out of there outside of the top 10 because they lost. They lost. Just as you said they would. The Rebels, Lane Kiffin, getting the the job done. And Chandler, uh, he saw another one out there. He saw Washington. You saw them going to UCLA, right? Uh Uh-huh. And you said, uh, Chip Kelly barely beat 
whomever previously. Yeah. yeah. Ah, USA, uh, South there, Alabama. There's no fan support. Yeah. There's dead no environment. Fan, dead environment. But you believed in the Bruins. Yeah, did. You saw an upset Bruin, and you picked the Bruins to beat Washington, and you, sir, were 2-0. and a. All right, let's head over to CJ. CJ shared my thoughts on NC State Clemson, but anybody could have got that one. So, CJ, give you a little free space there. Check it. <laughs> but then CJ said, I'm ready to go bold. I'm ready to say the mighty Arkansas Razorbacks lose at home to some scrub team called Al. Alabama, Alabama, plucky, plucky upstairs. We'll, we'll hear about them soon. Alabama, 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 Alabama beating Arkansas. CJ two and a huge. Are we? <laughs> are we the college football experts collectively? The kings of college football. Should they have us on college game day as the th- <laughs> their first three guest pickers that nobody would know who that we are? McAfee out. McAfee Clip Chandler, out. The three C's. Triple C in. Corso out. McAfee out. Herb Street might get caught up in some other gig. Desmond. Doing so many others. Desmond. Out. Reese. He- Desmond Howard. Out. <laughs> out. CJ, Clip, Chandler, the three C's in. in. Cliff, while you're making all those requests, how about you send a text over to Kirk Herbstreit see if we're going on the show? I don't have his digits, unfortunately. Okay. No. Uh, guys, I only need to go to one area for my picks this week. One locale. Is it SoCal? I don't know. I don't know the geography of California, but it is in California. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. California. California. To live and die in L.A., I'm going to say die in L.A. because my picks this week are Utah knocking off UCLA in my top 25 matchup. Okay. And for the third time this year, I'm going to say USC loses as a top 10 team. And I'm going to say Washington State goes in there and beats USC, and I'm only saying that because I can't find another good option. So those are my teams this week. Washington State over USC, and Chandler, your UCLA Bruins are going to get beat by the Utah Utes. That was that was last week. That, that, that's so last week. <laughs> okay. Me being a USC, UCLA guy is so All right. last week. Last week. Okay, fair enough. All right, Chandler. I have more upsets. I have new upsets. All right. Got one in the SEC. I've got one in the Big 12. Starting with the top 10. Okay. Tennessee's hot, folks. They mm. crack the top 10. They're hot. Red hot. They're a red hot team. I, I consider this a the boys are out and on the table game. Okay. Brian Kelly. Family the top, man. The family is going to show up in Baton Rouge. They're going to be singing all night long because they knock off Tennessee at home. Wow. To go to 5-1. and one. They just cracked the top 25. They're hyped. They're at home. Tennessee is on a high right now. They're top 10. They're going to go into Death Valley thinking, we got this. But Brian Kelly says, no, my family's here. Family. And we're going to knock family. you off. We're going to knock you off today in front of this home crowd. People were already on Brian Kelly hard to start the season, he's going to win the hearts over for these LSU fans this weekend, this Saturday, at 
Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, Death Valley. Tennessee's a three-point favorite. Not only does LSU cover, they win. They win at home against top 10 Tennessee. Chandler has the Bayou Bengals coming up noon Saturday, 11 a.m. local time. Now, clip top 25. Here we go. Going to the Big 12. It's the Big 12. I enjoy those uh, Kansas shorts that we have. We do own a pair of Kansas basketball shorts. I'm not bringing them out this weekend. Oh, I'm not bringing them out this weekend. Kansas, look, I am proud to say that Kansas, I am proud to say that I own Kansas basketball shorts. I'm proud to say it. They'll scream it from the rooftop. Na- national champions in basketball. 5-0 yeah. and oh in football. Can you believe that, folks? 5-0 and oh for the Kansas Jayhawks in, uh, in football this year so far. Unheard of. That ends this weekend. That ends because the, the Horn Frogs, the 17th-ranked Horn Frogs, are coming to uh, – to y'all city. Coming to y'all city. Going to Lawrence, Kansas. And they're going to spoil the party. Now, this doesn't mean that Kansas is going to fumble and fold for the season, but this has to end at some point. The undefeated season has to end at some point. Yeah. There's no way that the Kansas Jayhawks go to 6-0. and No way. There's no way. Who's going to end that for them? It's the Horn Frogs of TC. They're going to go to Lawrence. They're going to knock off Kansas. And it's going to be all right, Kansas. Everybody, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. And you lose one this weekend. Give me TCU. Chandler's picks are in. By the way, I am seven and three on the year in upset picks. Chandler seven and three. CJ is seven and three. CJ, what do you have this week? I am staying in the Big Twelve for my top twenty. It's the Big Twelve, and I'm staying in the same state, but I'm going to Kansas State. Oh, Manhattan. Kansas State will lose to Iowa State this weekend, and I'll tell you why. Kansas State's next three games on the schedule, number 17, TCU, number 7, Oklahoma State, and unranked Texas, but they're still Texas. I expect Kansas State to kind of slip up this weekend. This this has trap game written all over it, and uh, I think Iowa State's going to take advantage of it, and I'll take a Iowa State over Kansas State. All right, the K-State Wildcats, who have already been trapped in a trap game. You think it happens again? at home i do tulane knocked them off earlier this year all right who is your top 10 team to go down i was uh i was stuck between actually the two top 10 upsets you guys picked um and i think i'm gonna go with lsu over tennessee because i have seen you clip uh run to that well of usc (laughs) too many times and fail yeah and I will not, I will not go with you on this one. Yeah, and it's more so the matchups for one. And and look, Oregon State had them on the ropes. I didn't feel bad about that pick at all. Fresno State hung with them for a little while, so I haven't been too far off. Part of it has just been scheduling, and so our other options this week, for example, Michigan against Indiana. Michigan's a, a heavy, heavy favorite in that one, obviously. Georgia is a 30-point favorite against Auburn, coming off a sleep, a snoozer against Missouri. I'm not going to pick Auburn to beat Georgia in that game. Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, I considered. Uh, I considered that. Ohio State and Michigan State, could Mel Tucker and Sparty rise up for one Saturday? Sure, but I'm not, I'm not picking Michigan State straight up when they're 27-point underdogs. Not going to do it. Vanderbilt at home against Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss isn't a juggernaut, but I don't want to pick Vandy, so I'm not going to do that. 
Boston College at home against Clemson. Huh? I've seen it before where they could hang around this game. Didn't feel comfortable there. Uh, other options in the top 10 Texas A&M against Bama. No, not picking against Bama. So that's kind of where we are and why we have got to Tennessee, LSU, and USC and Washington State. So kind of just a matter of the options out there. You try to pick the best one, and that's where we are. This but sometimes week. you're forced to kind of go down a beaten path. Sometimes you're forced to have to pick somebody, that you, and, and maybe it works out. Maybe it works out. So uh, I feel really good about this LSU pick, though, Clip. I'm really enjoying this, these picks so far this year. It's fun. It's a good way to kind of look through the top 10, top 25, and so far we have been successful with this this, uh, this year. All right, MLB playoffs beginning on Friday. The wild card. Imagine, imagine rooting for a team played in a wild card game. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Loser. Nobody in here is. Nope. Shirley's Red Sox aren't. CJ's uh, Pirates aren't. Chandler's Nationals aren't. Nope. My Braves aren't. Losers. Losers Loser play on Bill. Friday. Loserville. If your team plays Friday, you are a giant sucker. You are a loser. 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 Braves will be playing next Tuesday and Wednesday night. My, how about next Wednesday night sports trivia? We got live college football. We got Major League Baseball playoffs. Dude. Dude. It's awesome. Uh, so the matchups on Friday, is everything set yet or are there still stuff to play for? They're all set. Okay. Do we have times yet? They are. There are no times. Okay. As of last night, there were no times. That'll probably come out tomorrow, maybe in late tonight once things are decided. So the matchups will be off the top of my noggin here. Rays at Guardians in the AL and also Mariners Blue Jays. That is going to be excitement. Excitement time. Some fireworks there. National League, the the Met. I can't even say it. Say it. Say it. Uh, are you trying to say the New York Mets? Met. <laughs> the Mets. How do you say it? It's like this. Mets. 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 You got it. New York. New York. Mets. 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 No. Mets. Mets. Mess. New York. They are a mess, but they are the New York Mets. Mets. Clip. Can you say? Can you say bets? Bets. Yes. Yeah. Now Not replace the B. Bets with an M. Bmets. Bmets. Okay, we're getting there. We'll we'll work on. You're it. doing good, buddy. You're doing good. All right, let's try it one more time. All right, Mets. Bets. No. Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> they are a mess. We know that. They are a mess. <laughs> the Mets play the Padres, and the Cardinals play a team I like to call the <coughs> well, Rainy. Love to call them. Ah, uh, the Phillies. Oh, that's right. <coughs> Mats. Man, it's just tough to say, you know. So uh, those are the matchups. The Dodgers-Braves awaiting uh, winners in those series and the Astros-Yankees in the American League. Are y'all going to... Uh, are you going to like pick a team to ride to root for in the playoffs? Why not the Braves? Why not hop on the Braves? Because you you're, na- yeah, you're a Nationals fan. You're not allowed. I'll say this. If, I, if the Braves didn't make the playoffs, which is like... It's like saying if the world wouldn't be here tomorrow when we wake up because they're in the playoffs every year because they run the nl east five straight years but if they weren't in it which again i I can't even do this hypothetical never mind i would pick the mariners 
America's and then the Blue Jays. That series winner is who I would ride. Who? How about you guys? I. You know what? Manners. I like Manners. First time in 21 years that they have breached the postseason. Easy to root for. Yeah. Um. And then you're going to hate this clip, but on the NL side, you're going to hate this. The Cardinals got family in St. Louis. Family. And little do people know, before I was a Nats fan, when I was a wee little boy, my uncle who lives in St. Louis would send me posters and stuff of the schedule. And I actually had a Cardinals head cover when I was little. I was basically a St. Louis Cardinals fan. David Freeze game. Watch that with my uncle who was visiting around that around this time. Well, Chandler, you're a Nats fan. You're not a diehard Nats fan. If I were you with Alec Burleson on the roster right now, I would just switch my allegiance back. No, can't do it. All right, you're too. You're I'm that set. Far. I'm okay. set. Fine. But I, in outside, I'm riding with the Cardinals. Burley, Pujols, Yachty, Wainwright. <laughs> All right, you know four players. Way to go. That's right. CJ, who are you riding with? It's got to be the Mariners. They're easily the most liked the most liked team. They've got a great story. I don't think – am I wrong to say the Blue Jays are far behind that with their young, I, fun – Yeah, um, I, I guess you're right. Legacy players. Yeah. Vlad and Biggio and, yeah. and uh, Bichette. Yeah, they're they're not far behind. I guess I won't say there's a, there's a big gap, but just – with uh, seeing the Mariners struggle for so long, there's yeah. a little bit better of a story to root for that Definitely. way. All right, and finally, final uh, note here on the rundown. Can Wim- I try to say this? Yeah. Wimbenyama. Wim- Wimbenyama. How do you say it, CJ? I think it's Wimbenyama. 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 Victor, do you know what that is, Chandler? Wimbe- Wimbenyama. What is that? Is that like a wrestling thing? <laughs> it's a new hotel chain victor wimbenyama is the freak that is in that played had his g league debut last night seven foot four oh god i saw this guy seven foot four chandler has to duck through metal detector seven of 11 from three holy cow <laughs> didn't mean to go mike patrick there but holy cow 37 points as you said seven from 11 for three four boards Five blocks. Teams are tanking. I hope the Hornets go zero and eighty-two, so we can get so I can get a Wimbanyama jersey. I did see him post up on somebody, shake him out of their shoes, and then just a little simple fadeaway J. He yes. plays like he's six four. Yeah, but he, he is. Se- but he's seven. he's a whole nother foot. Yeah, he's poised like a veteran, but like you said, he just made his G League debut. Wow, this, the tanking this year for. Victor will be generational. <laughs> generational. Generational tanking going on. Victor, and see, the, here's the thing. How long, have, how long have you known about this guy? I've heard of his name for a couple of, well, maybe, I've heard it in passing, but I have much. never. I went you first here. Maybe, it, it's been less than a year. Yeah. So he is a, he's French. I believe uh, From so. France. Yes. And he's playing in the G League, had his debut last night, and he is the next big thing. But there's also somebody else that is like a number two guy. Yeah, who also played. Who I have never night. heard of before, but apparently this duo here is going to be probably the biggest one-two punch in an NBA draft. 
maybe in time. Right. Is he doing what LaMelo did? Is he doing a G League year? That way he can become eligible for a draft year? I believe so, yes. So, yeah, a lot of people are going to be on him. And I'm with you, Clip. 0-82 for the Hornets this year. Let's go. 0-82 or bust. That's for sure. I mean, a one win, one single win, we're not taking We're not taking a win this year. No win. For wins. the Bugs. No win. Um, did you guys see Steve? How, uh, how are you fat? <laughs> Excuse me, sir? Uh <laughs> Yeah, y'all, y'all want to talk about Wimbanyama, hey, but you don't want to talk about Steve Crap. How You Fat? <laughs> Do you want to talk about his stat line, how he did? Whose stat line? Steve How You Fat. <laughs> I wish I'd have told you to write that on the uh, rundown. So, who? first of all, for folks... That is a real name, by the way. <laughs> Steve How You Fat. And it's not together. It is actually separated on the back of his jersey. Live streaming audience, bear you, with me. You will see this. How you fat for three? Why would Got they it. do that? Why would they do that? <laughs> Steve, ho you fat. Now, people are at home probably thinking, man, he needs to watch this language. Man, he does not need to talk like that on Sports Talk Radio. It's, My it's, bosses are probably listening right now saying, we need to talk to Chandler in a meeting next week because he cannot say, this is a man's name. Steve Ho You Fat. So he is from. <laughs> there it is. And the Steve, here's the crazy thing about the name. Steve has two E's. The Ho You Fat is not even the no, crazy part. Steve has two E's. His name is Steve. Yeah. S T E E V E. Steve. That is the craziest name about that. That's the craziest thing about that name. Steve Ho You Fat. Now he is from French. How do you pronounce that, Shirley? G U I A N A. Ghana. 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 French Ghana. Uh, Steve, how you fat? French Ghana. He is going to be the <laughs> leading jersey sales, like have the most jersey sales than anybody. Steve, how you fat? So he's playing in the G League as well, right? He played in that game last night. What a game. Yeah, yeah. win by Yama. You had how you fat. And I, let's spell this for the people. People are probably like, how do you spell the last All name? All right, I'll do the first name. Go well, oh, look, CJ's got it on the board now. Oh, there you go. Steve, S-T-E-E-V-E, and his last name is H-O space Y-O-U space F-A-T. Why would they do that? Chandler, we got to get Ho-You Fat jerseys for a we while. We got to. Yeah. We got to. You have to wear those. Ho-You Fat. You have to wear you have to wear those in section two thirteen for every game you wait. attend. I cannot wait. Is, is, is Kevin Harlan still doing? Te- Steve, how you fat? You got you got Kevin Harlan, Marv Albert, who I guess maybe still doing his fiftieth year of broadcasting. Frat. Ernie Johnson, the guys on the panel for TNT NBA on TNT. Oh, I can't wait to hear Charles uh, and company talk about it. Mike Breen. Bang. How you fat for three? Bang! Mike Breen. Cannot wait for him to play against the Hornets. Or maybe for the Hornets. And here Eric Collins. How you fat? We need to go. Oh! <laughs> we need to go before I continue. Because I got things to say. Like what? Shirley, send us a break. What if you like... You're not breaking up with a girl and send her this jersey in the mail. <laughs> I got a parting gift. Like, I, this isn't going to work out, but I got you this authentic G League jersey. Gentle reminder. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, 
Josh brings up a good name, too. That was a part of the news yesterday in college basketball. Jizzle James. Jizzle. Uh, yeah, go to break. Jizzle <laughs> James to Cincinnati. No. Come on. I mean, come on. Come on. You got to be kidding me. Come on. Come on. Dude. I mean, where's Steve Ho, you fat at? <laughs> Jizzle James. No. Go to break. Come on, guys. Go to break. Come on. Break. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hemp Garden is your premium CBD retailer in eastern North Carolina. Find yourself having anxiety or in need of extra sleep support? Well, Hemp Garden has a variety of Delta 8 and Delta 9 products that can assist with those issues. If you are unable to stop by the store, don't worry. Give them a call today at 413-6100 for a consultation, and they'll ship right to your door. Hemp Garden, located on at 3040 South Evans Street in the Target Shopping Center in Greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Let's head out to the Pit Electric Live line now and visit with the voice, Jeff Charles, on this Wednesday. He joins us today on Pirate Radio Live. Jeff, how you doing today? Clip, I'm doing great, and Aaron Judge did it, didn't he? We've been talking about this all summer long when it looked like he was on pace to have a record year. And by golly, he got it. I'm glad, Clip, that it didn't come down to the last game of the year today because uh, think of the pressure that would have been on him. So he did it last night, and... Good for Aaron Judge, home run number 62. Pressure off of him so he can relax in the final Major League uh, regular season baseball day. Pressure off the uh, Braves as well, Jeff, as they won the uh, clinch the NL East last night with their win over the Marlins. And uh, they got there because they were able to sweep the Mets over the weekend. So Atlanta riding into the postseason. And uh, that is a huge advantage if you look in the east because now uh the mets will not only have to get through the padres but if they get through them have to take on the big bad dodgers and that's something uh, both the mets and the braves wanted to avoid as long as possible so that's uh the setup over in the nl getting ready for some uh mlb playoffs coming up this friday jeff yeah friday the wild card games clip i think the series i'm really going to look forward to watching is the guardians and the rays I think that's got a chance to be a really good series. I follow the Guardians quite a bit in the summer. I'm a big Jose Ramirez fan and also like what Fran Kona does with his ball clubs year in and year out. And as we all know, Tampa Bay is always a lot better than what people think they are. So I think that uh, shapes up as really a fun series to watch. I liked your uh, inside the booth on Jose Ramirez. And Jeff, I want to give you credit and, and give myself a slight. Uh, usually when I hear your sports breaks, I'm – you know, I'm pretty in tune with what's going on in sports, and I know all the scores before you read them here on Pirate Radio. But you did notify me of something today during your sports break, and I was unaware of. Uh, we got some football tonight, and you announced it uh, during your sports break, the place here throughout the day on Pirate Radio. Uh, UCF and SMU, I was unaware of this, Jeff, so uh, you got me excited earlier today when I heard that. We got a little football on. <laughs> 
Yeah, I got a little football, a little uh, Wednesday night football coming up, and uh, UCF's having a good year. They're three and one, and SMU is two and two. So that uh, shapes up as a good matchup. Uh, two of the better teams in the league will battle tonight in Orlando, and then there's another game too on Friday night. Clip. I don't know if you're aware of that as well, but the AAC has another game coming up on on Friday night. So. Here we are, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, <laughs> and of course, uh, I know we'll talk about the Pirates in Tulane on Saturday, but uh, there's some good matchups this week in the league. Yeah, and uh, once the weather gets a little cooler, we'll have those uh, Maction matchups, Jeff, in the MAC on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, and you spend a lot of time uh, in that area during the summer, and it's it's become a thing, at least in the college football world, people and and maybe it's gamblers, but also hardcore uh, college football fans really enjoy the the midweek Mac, and I guess that's their way, Jeff, to kind of get in the spotlight. They're they're, they're going to miss out on it on most Saturdays uh, during a college football day, but they've kind of I guess carved out their own niche with the midweek football. They really have clip. The bad thing, and you and I have talked about this before, is that uh, there aren't many people in Muncie, Indiana, the football game on a Tuesday night in November when it's 32 degrees. So, you know, it doesn't always look really good on TV (laughs) as far as the atmosphere is concerned, but it is national exposure for those schools. And as we all know, there are a lot of great players have come out of the MAC over the years. Look what Cooper Rush is doing with the Cowboys. He's a former Central Michigan Chippewa, and they uh, they took it on the chin this week. Uh, Toledo beat them. Uh, Isaiah Winstead's old team, the Toledo Rockets. So, yeah, they, they play good football up there, and you have to do, when you're in that league, you have to do what you have to do to get some national exposure. So I think it's been good for that league. Jeff Charles joining us. The voice will be on the call this Saturday. Huge game. East Carolina taking on Tulane. Before we get there, Jeff, a lot of news, uh, good and bad, coming out of the East Carolina victory over South Florida. And we'll, we'll start with the good. Holton Ayler's AAC Player of the Week, C.J. Johnson, four touchdowns. Jeff, you uh, saw an offensive explosion in that first half against South Florida, uh, one of the best offensive first halves we've seen in a long time. Yeah, no doubt about it, Clip. 41-7 to at halftime. Not only offensively were they terrific, they were really good on defense as well. The physicality between the two teams was a stark difference in that game. East Carolina really put it to South Florida physically in the first 30 minutes, and we just knew that uh, the second half probably wouldn't be quite the same. You usually don't see teams come out when they have a huge lead like that and play the same way in the second half, and that's what happened. It's just kind of human nature to let off the gas just a little bit. But the Pirates uh, did a good job last week, and it was a terrific performance by both Holton Aylers and C.J. Johnson. And you know, six touchdown passes from Holton, 465 yards through the air, and C.J. had four of those touchdown receptions. So it was just a, a great, great performance for the Pirates. And you know, it was a game that they needed to win. They went down there, took care of business. It was a strange week playing in Boca Raton instead of playing in Tampa where, of course, USF is located and playing their games at Raymond James Stadium. So, you know, it was a little bit different last week. And, Clip, uh, I'm not exaggerating here. I don't think there were three or 400 people in the stadium mm. last week. I mean, it was it was just nobody was there. And uh, so it's tough in that environment as well to get ready to play. And you have to bring your own energy. You have to bring your own juice. And Pirates were able to do that last week. Yeah, one way to do that, get out of the gates early, and East Carolina did that uh, and was able to kind of cruise there in the second half. The bad news uh, coming out of that game, Jeff, Rajay Harris goes down and 
uh, you know, we, I guess we're not technically supposed to pick favorites, but I uh, talked to Brian Bailey. I say it all the time. Rajay, one of our favorites, uh, not only for his play on the field, but uh, just because of his positivity, his optimism, the kind of attitude he brings each and every day. And uh, just uh, is a pleasure to talk to on Mondays here on the Players Lounge. And uh, it was uh, tough to see him go down, Jeff. But now uh, th- this is why you you have to stock those, uh, those rooms. If you're these coaches, they've done that in the running back room. We're going to see more of Marlon Gunn. Hopefully we can uh, get Keaton Mitchell back on the field obviously and what about Camaro Edmonds and others so uh somebody's gonna have to step up in the absence of uh of Raja yeah no doubt about that and I just echo what you said too clip about Raja he's just a terrific young guy and I feel so badly for him he's got a long road to hoe now to come back you know we forget about these guys you know once they get injured but they're just like everybody else they go through painful surgeries and then if you're a football player an athlete You've got to go through all of that rehab, which is really difficult. But Rajay, as you mentioned, he's got such a great attitude. He's such a terrific young guy. I know he'll tackle this adversity, and we expect to see him back on the football field. Next year, you know, it was so strange. It wasn't like he got hit. It's just that his uh, knee yeah. gave out on a cut. And uh, those things happen sometimes, even to these guys who are so superbly uh, conditioned, and that's what happened to, to Rajay. It's a tough break for the young guy, but I think he'll be back next year and, and play in some of his best days, hopefully in a pirate uniform, are ahead of him. And, and you're right. I talked to Coach Houston about this uh, this week, a clip, and he said, well, we always want to have five running backs in the program because you just never know. So, you know, last week Keaton can't play. We expect Keaton Mitchell with a hip pointer to come back and play this week. And then uh, Marlon Gunn, this is going to be a big day for Marlon. He's going to get a chance to – Get a lot of carries, I think, on Saturday, and he's going to do it before his family and friends because they're from Baton Rouge, and that's not that far from uh, New Orleans. So he's going to have a lot of a lot of supporters there to watch him play this week. And then Camaro Edwards is a big back from Havelock, four-star recruit, went to North Carolina out of high school, and he's a 230-pound back who has a lot of explosive ability to his game. And so I think we're going to see uh, Camaro. Wouldn't be at all surprised to see him carry the football. I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited about him getting a chance to play. And then Pop McKay is still in the program as well. So they do have their five clip. And (laughs) unfortunately, you know, you may have to go five deep at some point in a season to get through the year with injuries and with running backs. Jeff Charles joining us, Pit Electric Live Line. And uh, one more thing, but looking back, Jeff, before we look ahead, you can kind of remember if you're a, a fan of a team, follow a team, uh, a big goal line stand, maybe one a year, one every couple of seasons. We've counted five now for this East Carolina football team already this year. A couple against NC State, one against Navy, and then two on uh, Saturday. One that ends in a turnover and one that ends being stuffed on fourth down. And uh, what this defense is doing inside the five-yard line this year is, is tremendous. And I talked to Jeremy Lewis on Monday, and he said, look, uh, from time to time in games, you'll have a guy on the other side that you, you jaw with, you talk to during the game. And Jeremy said, said uh when they got down to the one he said y'all y'all aren't gonna score here and uh and jeremy was right they uh they really bow up when they need to jeff it's been a lot of fun to watch yeah it really has it's almost become a thing now with these guys and uh i asked miles berry this week uh, we had a chance to talk with miles about it and he he said basically the same thing that jeremy did i mean it's now just become part of who they are and they just rally to that kind of a challenge it's a lot of fun to see because 
We've seen the reverse uh, over the years, Cliff, when Pirates can't keep anybody out of the end zone. But this group is different. They've got a different mindset, and Blake Harrell has certainly done a great job with them, the defensive coordinator, in bringing that mindset to this defense. So they really rise to the occasion. They've been able to hold people out of the end zone with some remarkable goal line stands. And they're going to have to play really well this week, too, Cliff, because this two-lane team is a really good football team, both offensively and defensively. And Pirates are going to have to bring it on Saturday. And, Jeff, I know over the years you've sang the praises of Willie Fritz, and it really stood out to me Monday talking to the guys on the Players' Lounge. They, A, a few of them echoed that when they look at Tulane, it reminds them of themselves uh, because of the – they use the word culture. They talk about the program. They talk about the toughness, physical. <laughs> Everything Willie Fritz does and has been doing there at Tulane, Mike Houston is doing here at East Carolina, which is why when the game came out, Jeff, the uh, the spread was pick them. It was even. And uh, now it's kind of shifted to the home team, Tulane, by a few points. But uh, Mike Houston ha- has got this program now to where kind of Willie Fritz uh, has at Tulane, a very well-respected program. And there was times, we talked to Bryce Williams yesterday, he remembers Tulane, Jeff, as a team you could just kind of go out there and beat 42-17 to 17 and not have to worry about much. Those days are gone uh, with Greenway football. Yeah, no doubt about it, and it's because of Willie Fritz and what he's been able to do with the program. I'm sitting here right now doing my homework on Tulane, and the one thing that jumps off the page at me, Clip, is how much depth they have and just how much better overall talent they have now than what they used to have. Now, last year, yeah, they were 2-10, and 10, but they were decimated with injuries to key players, so I think you have to give them a little bit of a mulligan on last year. But before uh, last season, uh, you know, they were very consistent winners, and now here they are back again at 4-1. and one. And this is really a good football team. I've always liked the quarterback, Michael Pratt. Now, he didn't play last week in their win over Houston, which was a terrific win for their program. But all the indications are he's going to play this week against the Pirates. He's 64% through the air. And he can also hurt you with his legs. I don't think a lot of people realize what he can do when he runs with a football. He's got 197 yards rushing, a 5.2-yard average coming into this game uh, against the Pirates. He's just a smart, heady quarterback. Ironically enough, he's from Boca Raton, Florida, where the Pirates were last week. But, you know, he's good size. He's 6'3", 220. He can throw the ball well. And then they've got guys on offense clip that we have seen over the years. I mean, this is a veteran team with Deuce Watts, who's had some big games against the Pirates as one of the receiver positions. And Ty J. Spears is another guy that's played a lot of football against the Pirates. He's their leading rusher. He's getting a 4.2 yards per carry. So they've got a lot of players back that we have seen before. Uh, the tight ends are both seniors. We've seen both of these guys for years, and they do a nice job. Their offensive line also has uh, some guys who are very veteran players, kind of like USF last week. And then defensively, all you have to do is say they're giving up 14.2 points per game, and how impressive is that in today's day and age of football? And you look at what they've done on the defensive side. The opponents are only getting 260 yards per game. So, you know, this is a very solid football team. I didn't think they would beat Houston at Houston last week, but they did, and I think that sent up a little 
you know, a little red flag around the league that Tulane is for real. Jeff Charles joining us. Jeff, what are the uh, the differences, I guess, in just seeing the game, but also calling the game, the environment, uh, from the old echoey Superdome and, and now uh, Yulman Stadium that they have there in Tulane, the outdoor stadium? What, what are the, the differences there for you? Well, like night and day, I would say, Clip, because – I mean, literally, there were just a few hundred people that would rattle around in this Superdome, which seats, what, 72,000 or something like that. Uh, there was there was zero environment in there. And, uh, you know, people didn't even know the game was, was going on. I, I've mentioned this before. I don't know if I've ever said this on the league or not, on the air or not. But I remember, Clip, uh, one time we were down there for a game uh, a few years ago. And uh, this is kind of before Uber. So we were taking cabs you know, over to the stadium before the buses would leave because we have to get there earlier. And I remember getting in uh, to a cab to go to a game at the Superdome uh, in which Tulane was playing in. And we told the driver that the game was over at the Superdome. And at the same time, you know, New Orleans is a big convention town. And there was a huge jewelry convention in town. I mean, the place was like packed downtown it's uh, the taxi driver said i apologize for all of the traffic here in the downtown area he says i know when we get over by the superdome we won't have any traffic to deal with <laughs> so, that's kind of the way it was for two-lane football back in the day at the superdome and and this uh, this stadium is nice it's small it's very compact but you know it's it's exactly what two-lane football needs it's right there on the campus is very close to uh, the baseball facility, and uh, it's a perfect size for them. And now they can get their students to walk over to games, and people can get there a lot easier than they could, you know, going downtown. So it's been a big, big shot in the arm for their program. And you know, they, last time we were there, they had a pretty good crowd. So I would expect around twenty thousand or so for the game, and you put twenty thousand in the stadium that seats, you know, upwards of twenty, around thirty thousand. It's a pretty good environment. Jeff Charles joining us. He'll be on the call coming up Saturday when East Carolina takes on the uh, Tulane Green Wave. Jeff, uh, we'll wrap it up here with you. You are, are well-versed in uh, your sports knowledge and what you follow and, and what you're keeping up with. Are you familiar uh, yet with the name Victor Wimbanyama? <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about? The I don't know any Wimbanyamas. <laughs> How about a seven foot five center uh, French basketball star he made his G League debut tonight. He'll be draft eligible next year. He's seven foot five. He went seven of eleven from three. He can handle the ball, and teams uh, across the NBA are going to be tanking to try to get his services. I watched some of his highlights, Jeff. You'll get to know him soon because you don't see a lot of seven foot five guys that are out there beyond the perimeter doing crossovers and shooting threes. Uh, it is it is uh, very weird to watch, but uh, you'll you'll know him soon, I think. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm surprised I've not heard of him, but uh, I'm looking forward to watching him play now, Cliff. And as we talk a little basketball here at the end of our visit, I picked up my Lindy's uh, basketball, college basketball edition yesterday. As we talk about Tulane, they had Tulane pick second mm. in the American Athletic Conference this year, just behind Houston. And as we all know, Houston is a national power, and you know, they got a chance to go to the Final Four again. But they had uh, Tulane picked ahead of Memphis and Cincinnati and some of the other strong teams in the American year in and year out. And so things are good at Tulane. Yeah. Now football's 4-1 playing well, and 
they're expecting to have a big-time basketball year. They've got everybody back, and Ron Hunter yeah. is a great coach. I've always been a Ron Hunter fan and a Ray McCallum fan. Ray's his top assistant who's been a head coach in college basketball a number of different places. And they've got the Jalen and Jalen show back again this year, Jalen Forbes and Jalen Cook. And, you know, they can line up and play against anybody. So times are good right now at Tulane for football and basketball. I'm a huge Ron Hunter fan, Jeff. And uh, coaching, right? I mean, you, you look at Tulane athletics and uh, you don't really get too nervous over the years. But Willie Fritz, Ron Hunter, you put the right guys in place that can make things happen. And you talk about them having guys back. Continuity maybe a, a big reason for that. Jeff, Memphis is going to go out and they're going to lose players. They're going to get in a lot of good players. But if you can somehow in 2022 get some stability with your roster, uh, it could lead to big things. And that might be an issue year one of Mike Schwartz as he tries to to piece everything together. But I'm with you. I've, I've always been a Ron Hunter fan. And uh, I, I, I hate when they beat the Pirates like they did at home. We were able to get them here at Minji's last year. But uh, when they're not playing the Pirates, I, I root for Ron Hunter. Yeah, me too, Clip. Uh, he's a very engaging guy. I just love his enthusiasm and his fire. And I go way back uh, with Ron Hunter when I remember he was a high school basketball player in Dayton, <laughs> Ohio, near where I grew up. And then he went to Miami of Ohio. It was the Ron and Ron show. It was Ron Hunter and then Ron Harper, yeah. the great Ron Harper, who played for years in the NBA. Well, they played together at Miami of Ohio. And uh, they played against Ray McCallum, his top assistant when Ray was at Ball State. <laughs> I was talking with Ray about that last year, and he said, you know, I had a better record against Ron when I was at Ball State, and he was at Miami of Ohio, even though Miami of Ohio had uh, Ron Harper. So those guys go back a long way. It seems like basketball coaches and players, there's always some common thread somewhere. And you're right, Cliff, you have to know who to hire. You have to know who the good fit is, the best fit for your program. And you've got to go out and get that guy. And I give Tulane a lot of credit. They've hired two outstanding coaches. And now here they are and playing very well on both football and, and basketball. Good nugget uh, from Jeff Charles as we wrap it up here on this Wednesday. Jeff, we'll uh, check in with you during the Bud Light pregame tailgate on Saturday. So look forward to uh, talking with you before the game. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Cliff. Always enjoy it. The voice Jeff Charles joining us on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Let's take a break. We'll come back coming up hour two. We got the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau from Barstool Sports. We'll talk to him. Also, Patrick Mason from the Daily Reflector. A lot of football talk on tap here. Hour two of PRL. We'll be back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ's has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock on Wednesday nights. AJ says live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. 
All righty. Thank you, Shirley Rhodes. Chandler Honeycutt here on a Wednesday sports trivia tonight, 8 o'clock. Questions are set. We're ready to go, so come out and watch some college football with us. UCF taking on SMU tonight, so we'll uh, preview that one and more with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau from Barstool Sports, right now as he joins us on the Pit Electric Live Line. Big man, how you doing on this Wednesday? What's up, Clip? How are you? Hey, man, doing great. Excited for some college football tonight. And uh, we'll start with East Carolina. Glad the Pirates could get another win for you on Saturday. Uh, you talked me into riding with them minus the points as well an offensive explosion in the first half kind of eh, a little lackadaisical second half but got the job done how about this week jeff the line opens up with two lane at a pick em. it quickly shifts to to two lane side and last time i looked had gone from three to three and a half so it looks like some people are back in the green wave that number's going the wrong way uh if you're an east carolina fan what do you think about ecu two lane uh coming up saturday uh, won't be a game that I bet on, uh, clip. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of scared off, uh, with Tulane right now. I, I think they're actually pretty good, which I was kind of quick to not understand, uh, last week. And you know, right now with ECU, I, you know, a lot of injuries, I mean, Keith Mitchell, you know, obviously Harris, they, they, they have some injuries right now in the, the backfield, which, you know, anytime you back a team, you want the full compliment there. I, I'm not going to say that I don't like ECU, but this is always a tough trip down in New Orleans. You're coming off a game where I thought, as you said, very good a point. They're very lackadaisical in the second half. Um, you know, I, I actually c- was concerned at one point that, that I wasn't going to cover that game, which was wild. But uh, they ultimately got the job done. But a nice performance. They're very good in the first half. You need that performance to happen the entire game. Now, if that team in the first half comes out and plays against Tulane, they'll beat Tulane. But um, both these teams playing well. Right now, Tulane dealing with a uh, you know, they have a Thurston quarterback playing in Kai Horton. And uh, yeah, I just don't really have interest in either of these uh, groups. I uh, talked to Corey Glore today, play-by-play voice of the Green Wave. Talked about Horton's great performance against Houston. Said that you know that they're kind of up in the air about Michael Pratt right now. He might give it a go, but if not, uh, Horton showed he's good enough to get the job done uh, with that win over the Cougars last week. Jeff, how about we'll stick in the American coming up tonight? SMU at UCF and. Man, we have had years where there have been dominant teams in the AAC, and we've seen UCF and Memphis and Cincinnati, of course, represent the American in big-time New Year's Six Bowl games. I don't know if we have that this year, uh, but we do have a lot of kind of middling to, to solid teams, and I think SMU and UCF can be in uh, in that category. So, I don't know. Does anything separate these two teams? In your eyes, UCF is a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. Uh, I don't know if I'd have any interest in betting the side. In fact, I, I don't have any interest in betting the side. I just think you have too many things that just kind of rub me the wrong way. I, I like both these teams. I like SMU a little more. It's just I don't really like where I have them right now with some of the things I'm hearing out of this uh, group as far as people are leaving the program, things like that. One thing I know about both these teams, they're both very good on offense. Uh, they both score a lot of points. They both throw the football a lot. Um, you look at finishing drives, these two teams are both very good, especially UCF. I think they're top 10 in the country in finishing drives. You also look at defense. Um, you know, I, I think both these teams you're going to have issues uh, with. Uh, you know, They're not going to cover anybody. You're always going to see a back-and-forth game. And Both these teams um, play very fast. Um, SMU second in America in seconds per play, um, UCF 24th. So you're going to see a lot of quick scores, quick offense. Uh, and one team doesn't run the ball at all. So, yeah, I, I have some real concerns about uh, 
both teams getting stops tonight. And you know, when you look at SMU, they don't really stop the run. UCF wants to run a lot. So I think both offenses have a lot of success in this game. I will lean over the number. But something's concerning that that number immediately was bet down at open. Now it's back up a little bit. I lean over. I don't know if I'll ultimately get there on betting. Jeff Nadeau, Barstool Sports, big man on betting, 4 o'clock on Thursdays. You can watch it live on YouTube. You can watch the archive version before your Saturday uh, football fest. So that's coming up on Thursday. Jeff, uh, I'd like to ask you about in-state teams, a game going on in the state of North Carolina Saturday night, primetime, about an hour and change down the road, NC State hosting Florida State. Both teams coming off a loss. You liked Clemson last week. I I really liked Wake Forest to – to go and 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 at least challenge Florida State, had them plus the points. They went uh, outright in Tallahassee last week. So who bounces back stronger this week? Florida State at NC State. Line is only Wolfpack three and a half total at fifty and a half. Uh, what do you think about these two teams right now? Uh, well, listen, I, I like both of them. I thought it was a good spot last week for Clemson, and and, and they were able to come out and get the job done. But I don't think NC State's far off. I think NC State's right there in that conference. I don't think they're ultimately better than Clemson, but they're not far off. Florida State, I still think, is kind of a work in progress. Obviously, I think they're better than years past, but I still worry a little bit about that defense, um, You know whether you know, Travis can kind of stay healthy, and he's struggled at the consistency in his career. So I would kind of lean on NC State to probably bounce back here. I think they have a better defense. I think they have a better quarterback, and they're just a better overall team. Um, and I feel like they're a team that I, I figure will bounce back. It, look, you don't play – you play Clemson, and, and you just, it just kind of is what it is. They're a very good team. I think they can win the whole thing this year. So I don't look at that as just a terrible loss or anything. It's not easy to go there and play. Uh, I, I like NC uh, State to bounce back here. Jeff, uh, how about a little Pac-12? A fight for kind of airtime and attention out there on the West Coast, and for them to get that attention, they're going to need good teams, uh, undefeated teams in November, in December. So right now you've got USC in the top 10. They are a 13-point favorite against Washington State. Man, Utah blew that one against Florida, had the ball late, chance to tie, chance to win, threw an interception. Now they seem to be on the right path, but they've got UCLA, who's an undefeated team, uh, coming up 3.30 on Saturday. Utah, three-and-a-half-point road favorite at UCLA. So UCLA could come out of this game undefeated. Utah could get another good win on their resume. And then uh, I mentioned the USC-Washington State. I guess big picture, what are you looking at in Pac-12 and and any interest in uh, the Pac-12 action this weekend? Yeah, another you know huge spot for Chip Kelly and the uh, the Bruins this week. I mean, they got no respect last week. Ended up kind of controlling a, a you know an easy win against Washington. Um, now you're in, in again a, another very similar spot for UCLA. You're three point dogs at home, and you know for whatever reason, no one seemingly believes in UCLA. Um, you know, when I look at UCLA and what they do, I just feel like. They're built to last. They have a good group on offense. They're, um, they've got this kind of uh, veteran-led guy, Dorian Thompson-Robson. You look at his uh, quotes coming out this week. He says he, quote, Clip has a immense desire to beat Utah. You, you get these kids that for three, four years lose to the same team. Yeah. It all comes to a head. Um, you, you're right. Utah's really good. I like their quarterback. But you know, th- this is a tough place. You know, This is a tough thing to do, go and – and play on the road. And I know that's not a great atmosphere there, but you'd much rather have this game at home if you're Utah. I think UCLA is a dangerous team. I think they're really solid. 
Um, and if you're going to give me them as a home dog, uh, again, I, I'd probably have some interest. Now, when it comes to USC, that's a tough game, right? I mean, you have a game on, on deck, USC against Utah. Um, you're laying you know, two touchdowns here. Um, I would probably just lead on the fact that UCLA can, or USC continues to score the football. I don't really like Washington State on defense. I don't really like Lincoln Riley laying double digits either. Um, I feel like they're, they're good for probably 40. This is probably a higher-scoring game. Um, but I would kind of monitor this. and Maybe if you get some over 14, taking a shot with, with Wazoo here. This is a kind of a, a real look-ahead spot if you're USC. I had those exact feelings uh, last Saturday night, Jeff, and looked at uh, – while the game was going on, saw USC team total 41 and a half and uh, went over. They got 42 there about midway uh, late in the fourth and and, uh, and counted the blessing. So maybe a, uh, I don't know, those, those team totals. Do you uh, do you get involved with a lot of team totals in college football? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I kind of identify teams that I like, you know, Wake, South Alabama, UCLA is a good one. Uh, you know, teams like that that you know are going to put points on the board, they're good in the red zone. Yeah, I think tonight, I mean, any of those teams you play, I think you have a good good choice, good shout there. I mean, you, you, uh, UCF's a very good team at finishing drives. You want to find the teams that score touchdowns, they play quick, they're going to run it up, they throw a lot. Um, this is a perfect game tonight for that. All right, this is uh, this is what big man does. I throw out a matchup. He knows uh, at least a little bit and sometimes a lot about every team. So now I'll ask Jeff, what uh, games and teams are you focusing on this week six of college football? Yeah, you know, it's uh, one of those cards that I think um, you, you kind of search a little bit and find something that I think you'll like. I, I think another similar spot to UCLA this week is uh, LSU. Um, you know, Tennessee, I, I like. I don't love their defense, kind of like Washington. Now you're heading on the road and taking on a team at LSU who is quietly a top 25 team. We haven't really seen much of them since that first game where they lost on that blocked extra point. Um, but since then, Clip, I mean, they've rallied four in a row. Um, they've been very good. They've been very solid. They beat a team at Auburn last week. Had to come from behind to do it. LSU's got a good defense to be at home here. A really good spot maybe to creep up a little bit early start on Tennessee. If I can get a three and a half there, I might buy on that one. Another one that I think is going to be hidden, I think I'll be on an island of my own here, and I'm good with it. I like Boise this week, Clip. Um, I'm back in the Boise fold. I thought last week was a great time to figure out what kind of Boise State team we were going to get. And I'll tell you what, um, they were a joke in the first half. I mean, they were down 13 nothing in the first half. After the third quarter, they were still down 13 nothing. And, Clip, you know what they did in the fourth quarter? They scored 40, 35 points in the fourth quarter. What the hell happened there? The run started going. They introduced this kid, Taylor Green, who was just super effective. I'm not sure why he didn't start the game. Um, this Taylor Green kid is electric. He can run. He can throw. He had 105 yards and eight carries, two touchdowns. Um, they just figured it out in the fourth quarter. This is a great way to really – uh, take your team into the next week. And I'll tell you right now, this Fresno team is lost. I mean, they are completely lost right yeah. now without uh, Jake Hayner. Uh, they can't move the football. They're coming off a, a disastrous performance and a loss against lowly UConn. Uh, now they come back this week. You look at that game clip against UConn. They didn't have 200 yards uh, total. I mean, 187 total yards is just a complete mess. Jeff, I had to. We talked about them earlier in the year. Had them against Oregon State. They should have won that game, and, and Oregon State scores uh, 
a walk-off touchdown. You don't see that a lot. Scores at the buzzer, basically. Then they go out. They got USC the next week. Hangar, I mean, didn't, you know, completely embarrass themselves. But you had the quarterback injury. I mean, they are a far cry from where they were just like two or three weeks ago. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge drop-off between Hayner and Logan Fife. I mean, yeah. it's not the same uh, quarterbacks. And, you know, th- this is a, a real bottom-of-the-barrel type of spot. Obviously, you want to keep an eye on Hayner, but the sign's pretty much telling you that he's not going to play. One thing I know about Boise Clip as well, you say what you want about their offense, I think they found something last week, but they are really good on defense, really good. Now, I'll tell you to just go watch the New Mexico film and tell me they're not good defensively. And they were just nasty in that game. Uh so, yeah, I like, I like Boise. I think they went by double digits. Shout out to your birds, Jeff. We'll wrap it up. Uh, Eagles, only undefeated team in the NFL. And, man, I felt like I knew what I was talking about for about 10 game minutes on Sunday. I said all last week, watch out now. Jaguars are pesky. They're good. They'll fight. And they were up uh, quickly a couple of touchdowns on the Eagles. But to be able to uh, erase that deficit like Philly did even before halftime, uh, very impressive. Jalen Hurts and company getting it done once again. They got the Cardinals this week. They are road favorites in that game against Arizona, but uh, you got to be feeling pretty good about Philly right now. Yeah, I feel really good. I, I think the only concern here is, and I was talking about a friend of mine, we go to the games together. He uh, he asked me, how did I feel about the game this week? And, you know, it, it's one of those games where you know, it's a West Coast game. They got the Cowboys on deck next week, prime time. Um, coming off a game that was kind of wild with the weather. And we kind of talked about this might be one of those spots. And then I kind of look at the line and I see that all the early money, sharp money coming in is on the Eagles, which I think really tells you a lot about them. I think the Eagles will finally lose probably next week. I have a weird feeling they lose. Um, I think one thing I'll say about this game, I think it will be high scoring. Um, I think Kyler Murray will give the Eagles some issues. Um, it'll be hard to continue to, to wreck. You know, rectify their defense against a guy like this. The defense has been good, but this Eagles team can really move the ball. And I don't trust Cardinals defensively. I don't trust them coach-wise. Uh, they're not real balanced. So, yeah, I, I think the Eagles get it done again this week. But I think that game against Dallas will maybe be the one you circle or, or even against uh, um, the uh, Steelers on the 30th. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Check out Big Man on Betting coming up Thursday, 4 o'clock on uh, YouTube. You can watch that live, the sit-down podcast. I believe I saw Jeff. Is it released or coming up? You and uh, Chief from Barstool, that episode. Uh, it came out, yeah, it came out this morning. Okay. Check that out. We got I got some real crazy episodes of that show coming up. I'm actually going up to New York next week to uh, record with Large. We've got a... You know, Large is a twisted individual, uh, if you will, uh, and we have a really disturbing human being we're going to talk about next week. So, yeah, it's uh, that's kind of a, a nice little switch it up clip, if you will. You know, I just watch football and basketball. It's nice to have that. But, yeah, you know, continue to, to hammer out uh, content and do what I do. Awesome stuff, big man. Thanks for uh, giving us a few minutes of your time. We'll uh, see if we can track you down Saturday during the Bud Light pregame tailgate and uh, talk more football with you. Good. Thank you, Cliff. All right, there he is, big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, joining us, Barstool Sports today, here on Pirate Radio Live. Patrick Mason got the invite about an hour ago, and man, I look over to my left, and he is sitting in the green room, enjoying all of uh, the refreshments we offer in the Pirate Radio green room. Cliff, I have a trivia question. Can you get that man some popcorn, Chandler? 
No. Sure can. No, just kidding. <laughs> what you got, Shirley? I love trivia questions. On this day, 16 years ago. All right, so that would put us at 2006. This Major League Baseball team hit five home runs to beat the San Diego Padres in the bottom of the ninth inning. Do you have any names of players that maybe could help me out? Yes, Jeff Kent. Uh, I would say the Giants. Incorrect. Hmm, Jeff Kent. Where did he go after San Francisco? I'll give you another uh, name of a player on that team. Kenny Lofton. 2006? Yes. Kenny Lofton played for every team. Indians, Garcia Para. Red Sox. Incorrect. <laughs> oh, no. Dodgers, Dodgers, Dodgers. It would be, the, be Dodgers. the Dodgers. Sorry. What a collection yes. of players playing on random ass teams. That's a great question, though, Shirley. Well done. The better question, I could. That gives me a trivia. Now, I don't know how I would research this. But to say Jeff Kent, Kenny Lofton, and Nomar played on this team together, name that team. Like That would be a good trivia question. Would be. Because those are all very late in their careers, especially for Lofton and uh, Jeff Kent. But uh, all right. Well, thank you for that, Shirley. You're welcome. It only took me three names to get it. All right. We'll take a break. Come back. Patrick Mason joins us on the other side of this timeout. We're back with you after this. listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93 ethanol-free high-octane gas, which is the best for boat owners. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. And awesome cheese biscuits, sausage dogs, fat back, fat! Man, we had a great uh, spread this past Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Thanks to Country I ate Mark. a lot of that fat back, too. Fat! Give me back my fat! Uh, Just putting it out there. That was awesome. So uh, you can check that out at Country Mart. All right, Patrick Mason joins us here in the Pirate Radio studios. We talked to Patrick Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. He was live in Boca Raton. This week we'll talk to him live in the Big Easy. What's up, Patrick? What's up? That's a really cool nickname for a city. The Big Sleazy. Yes, it is. <laughs> So, uh, you ever been? I have not. No, never been. First trip, huh? First trip. Are you going to be the touristy guy and go on Bourbon Street and drink a hurricane and do all that stuff? Uh, I'm going to walk around for sure. I'm not going to go to maybe not any museums like witchcraft stuff, but I'll, I'll go look for some food. Not into drink. the voodoo? Eh, not really. Right. I mean, it's kind of interesting, I guess, that the yeah. city does that, but I don't know. All right. Well, I didn't ask. I mean, it sounds like it's on your mind, and maybe it you is actually a are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just hope you know. I don't find myself out there. You know, someone pokes me in the arm or something, and I don't know. 
It, we'll see. <laughs> what are you worried about? I don't, I don't know. It's I don't. I'm going there alone, man. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to get caught. You know, doing something. All right. Well, I mean, you'll be okay. Yeah. You'll be fine. <laughs> Hang out with Igo, and uh, I don't know. Find somebody you know. Always buddy up, people. The buddy system. system. Yeah, the buddy system. <laughs> find you a random buddy. Uh, with the internet today, and maybe I should. You know what? App idea shark tank this baby buddy system this is for beat writers going on the road with their team okay uh for college football it's once a week for nba it's three times a week so it's an app and you meet up with other people who um so like i'm a sports fan i am you know married and my wife might not like this but like Hey, I want to hang out with beat writers from across the country. If I was in a professional city, they would contact me, and I'd go meet them out at bars while they're in town, and I, we'd talk sports. I like that idea, because I think uh, the first day of baseball playoff starts Friday. Yeah. I'm going to need some buddies to watch them. So you create your profile. You can update it as you go to each city. So you say, male, how old are you, Patrick? 32. 32, looking for uh, sports companionship, want to watch MLB playoffs, Friday night college football. I like it. Yeah, it's kind of like a a dude one night stand, a sports one night stand. I can get behind this. All right, I'm we'll set up fan. your profile now, <laughs> and we'll uh, see if you hit the. We're going to the moon with this idea. I like it. Uh, oh wow, uh, Voodoo Queen Thirty One has uh, has responded, Patrick. Hey, <laughs> hey, <Hey-o. laughs> good luck. Oh man, good luck with that. All right, um, Patrick uh, Tony Larusa out. Yes. He, he gone due to health reasons right yeah i, I think it's genuine. old age yeah it's probably all of the above um so you're not disappointed no who are the front runners um i actually so i've been kind of looking a little bit i like the basically i just want to poach someone from a really good smart baseball team like i want to find someone from the astros someone from the rays so i think like the astros bench coach joe Espada. maybe another world series champion yeah. of recent years like i don't know <laughs> Who's another team you could think of? Um, are you, what, are you fishing for the Braves? I, I mean, I, that would probably be a good <laughs> franchise, I would think, to maybe get someone from. They chase down the Mets, man. They know what they're I doing. I got the perfect guy for you. I don't want to see him leave, but Ron Washington. Uh, What's wrong with Ron Washington? I don't know. He took the Rangers twice. He did. He did. He, he's probably fine. I just I don't know about like all these like older retread kind of guys. And I, I <laughs> Okay, I you just have one of those. those. But if Ron Washington didn't enjoy partying a little bit, he'd still be a manager yeah. right now. Like I, you know, Ozzy Guillen, great, but I don't want him managing the White Sox again. Like no. I know he's won a World Series, but it's, it's just we can't just go down that road again. I we gotta find you. someone smart who's analytically driven. I mean, we gotta younger. catch up here. Yeah, yeah, younger. Yeah, you know. All right, uh, fair enough. That's a that's not bad. All right, uh, Bears just hey shout out Justin Fields completed double digit passes on he Sunday. Did, man, look out! Look you gotta out. give him that. Here he comes. <laughs> I think uh, he has 34 though on the year though, which is <laughs> like what's going on. And we've played four games. Yeah, I'm pretty. What was the who's the receiver? I want to say is a Debo Samuel um, has more receptions himself than the than uh, the entire team. Oh, has. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> rough times. Any? Are you a Bulls guy at all? Yeah, I'm a Bulls fan. All right. Are they any good? Nah. I mean, okay, like they got some decent players, but they're not like going to contend for a title. They have think. a ball, brother. They do, but he's got knee problems. He just had surgery the other week. They have a headband guy, Caruso. Yeah, yeah, I like fun. him. They're a fun team. Like Demar Levine. Derozan, Zach Levine. Um, 
you know, I, they're a fun team. They're like, fun at, at one at one point they were leading the East last year and everyone was freaking out, but it's like, guys, they're not going to win a title. And they ended up getting the play-in spots. So. Chicago sports. <laughs> They've seen their ups and downs. Seems like maybe more downs yeah. than ups. The last time I was really into the Bulls, like actually feeling they could do something was when Derrick Rose was doing his thing. Oh, yeah. Man. And that was fun. I mean, he was jumping over everyone. His pogo legs were amazing before pre-injury. Yeah, it was, he was incredible. Like you ever, I always see like that this question on Twitter every couple months. It's like you know if you can run someone's career back without an injury, mm-hmm. I think hands down I'd pick Derrick Rose. Yeah, we were watching because um, this time of year I like to watch this YouTube video. It's like loudest uh, MLB crowd reactions, and it's a bunch of playoff walk off home runs. And there was one from like '06, and uh, I started doing my Patrick Mason impression <laughs> when Paul Konerko, uh hit a home run, and, the, and everybody was going nuts and. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. that it was, was like a young Patrick Mason was going nuts. This is fun. <laughs> hey, hey, mom, dad, this is fun. Hey, guys, this is a that? good time. Hey, hey, Paul Konerko. Did you see that? That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Who's your all-time favorite Sox player? Probably Mark Burley. But I uh, you know who's coming up close, and it's hard to say all-time because he's, I guess, sort of still playing, is Jose Abreu. I just love that dude. Oh, we got to check on uh, Patrick's tweets. I saw a tweet. (laughs) Oh, I I saw you quote tweet. Yeah. I I believe it was a tribute that the White Sox did on Jose. Was he retiring or something? Uh, They're just not going to bring him back. I mean, it's Uh, sort of just like position versatility-wise. Like, the White Sox had, like, multiple guys who should be playing first base in the outfield. And he's, like, 36, so. Is uh, he that old? Yeah. I think I always think he's 35, but, you know, for next season, he'll be 36. I kind of remember when he was, like, a young slugger. Like, I guess it's been a while now. I mean, he won the MVP in the the COVID year. He's just a good player. Patrick tweeted 44 minutes ago, Chandler, it's a shame you guys, parentheses, white at White Sox. Mm -hmm. They're getting the tag. Oh, yeah. 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 Wasted this man's career. From the rebuild years to the disaster of the past two seasons, Abreu deserved better. I'm not wrong. <laughs> I also saw a tweet that you put up there, and I have this same problem about not you cannot wait for the food. You cannot wait for the you cannot wait for the food to like cool off before you eat it. Oh yeah, I'm just routinely just ruining my tongue. But it's so it smells good. It's tasty. You're hungry. It's like I I, can't, I, can't I have wait. that issue. Yeah, I've been cooking a lot. It's a new uh, hobby I picked up in the last six to eight months. And uh, I tell you what, last night. Last night, I um, I got pork chops, potatoes, and I was like, I'm going to get some uh, get a little gravy, and I'm going to get some, like, biscuits or um, crescent rolls or something. And uh-huh. I was like, and I walked by an aisle and saw stuffing. Oh, oh, let's go. Thanksgiving came early, huh? And why am I not eating this, like, every night, Thank but at you. least once a week? It was phenomenal. Thanksgiving food is put on the shelf for way too long. Like, yeah. It's phenomenal every year, and then we just forget about it till November. And it wasn't my grandma's dressing, which is unbelievable. It was it was stovetop stuffing, but it's still so good. I, I, I believe every Thanksgiving we say, like, what Thanksgiving dish do you wish that we could like kind of enjoy every all year long yeah. all, all year long i feel like stuffing's like on top of that list every year that we discuss that so good it's and it's available be. but people don't think about it until november rolls around mm-hmm. um why i brought this up was because i how do restaurants do it where your meal stays hot the entire time is it something to do with the plate or something because i'll i'll bring you know the, i get my plate i sit at my table at home and about 
five six minutes in it's like already cool yeah it starts out like lava right and yeah then, and then it's just like you don't have no problem just wolfing it but i feel like in a restaurant it stays hot maybe I mean, it is the plate because they like, always say hot plate yeah so maybe I should start nuking my plate. Yeah, nuke it. Do you ever just like totally disregard the hot plate thing and you grab it and you're like, ah, that's every, every right, time. All the time. <laughs> yeah. You're like, it's, you know, telling you, but you just do it anyway. And I bet those waiters and waitresses like go back and like, well, got another idiot moron yeah. who I said hot plate to. They're just tallying. Yeah. How many, how many got today? Yeah. <laughs> I'm up five to four, <laughs> but uh, a dumb looking family just walked in. So we're about to get our numbers up. Oh, yeah. Patrick, good segment, man. We'll see you later. Yep. I'm. We'll, uh, I'll get the string in a can. We could do it from like there. Nah, we'll uh, we'll talk some power football on the other side. Let's take a break. Uh, more Patrick Mason. When we return, we'll get his uh, brief thoughts on Saturday. Finally, turn that page and look ahead to a good one between the Pirates and Green Wave. When we return after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency for maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk. Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, here on a Wednesday. Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, joining us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. And then Igo, Patrick Mason, and the Pirate Radio crew will be covering another Wednesday of coordinator interviews. You got Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell, and the head man, Mike Houston, coming up later today. You can find that tonight on our social media accounts, quotes and video, and we'll have the audio for you coming up Thursday and Friday right here on Pirate Radio. I also had a chance to catch up with Corey Glore, play-by-play voice of the Green Wave earlier today. That is available for you to watch right now on YouTube and Facebook, and we'll have the audio version of that interview Thursday right here on pirate radio live so we are getting you ready for east carolina tulane we'll do even more of that saturday 11 30 bud light pregame tailgate and uh patrick mason will hopefully answer our phone call as he did last week when he was in sunny boca raton patrick what was that like uh you and former pirate lefty jake agnos were amongst the uh dozens of people to see that game not a lot of people so what was that uh, atmosphere like saturday i was gonna say dozens is very accurate so I, I tried to get there early, um, and I, I did. I succeeded in getting there early. Um, and I wanted to just kind of walk around the campus, and it, the campus itself kind of felt like a little commuter school, sort of. Like, it was just buildings everywhere. There really wasn't much going on. They had all the, you know, roads closed. There was, I don't know, a few tents in a parking lot for tailgaters. Um, but it really just had that feel of, like, you know, a COVID year where there was just kind of just dots of people here and there, and it was just really cavernous in the stadium. Um, you know, it, it was it was – it was an interesting experience for sure <laughs> yeah and uh the game itself fireworks in the first half we had talked about how does east carolina bounce back after a subpar offensive performance against navy their worst offensive performance of the year well they bounced back pretty darn strong and really fast too i mean like that first drive it was like okay like you know they're they're aggressive they're going for it um i think they went throughout the game they went for it three out of three times on fourth down i mean it was just a really like put the pedal down and let's go try to score some points kind of game the first drive 
immediately i thought when i heard they were going for it fourth and six i think it was from the 30 was man i wish we still had jake verity he would kick a field goal here and we'd be up three nothing um so i was thinking from a kicker perspective maybe it was more than that they didn't mind daffer going out there taking the 47 yarder but it was hey we got what we want against this defense let's go ahead and get a first down here and score a touchdown they went with a what a pass to marlon gun i think on yep. that first uh fourth down conversion so maybe it was more about being aggressive and and knowing they could get that first down than than daffer in that case i don't know i mean i had that thought too i mean east carolina's done that throughout the year where they can kind of get to that 30 ish sort no of yard line kinda. yeah and and they're, they're going for it and I, I think it's i mean you could totally say maybe you know they don't want this guy kicking a long field goal but at the same time i feel like they just they thought they had the advantage against that defense and they certainly did because they were getting you know winning matchups all day all over the field so you saw it from you know perched up atop just a lot of one-on-ones is that what they yeah. were taking advantage of tons of one-on-ones um i think there was it was the cj johnson 74 yard uh touchdown catch um holton said it was supposed to be a run and he just noticed that cj just had one-on-one coverage and he's like yeah let's, let's just go to it and uh it obviously worked and i mean that was kind of how it was all night they were just saying hey i'm gonna leave you out here on an island and you know go try to cover these guys and they certainly could not do that monster uh, game from cj another solid game from isaiah winstead ryan jones everybody getting in on the action we do you remember the the play jones fumbled on the screen uh-huh and like do you remember because i love the play like I, I think donnie dialed up a beautiful one there and if ryan jones could have got by the guy that was behind him like it was just green grass it looked like to me on the tv i never saw like a wide angle from it but the play itself was uh was beautiful the result was horrendous because jones <laughs> fumbled because i don't think uh he was looking ahead of him probably at all that green grass and wasn't thinking about somebody being behind him but yeah, I love that play for sure. And I think early in the year, I was I was watching how they would use Ryan Jones, and a lot of times it was in the red zone, right? Like they would move him around, get him open. Now I think the past two weeks, even they, you know they tried a little bit against Navy, it was just like, hey, we're gonna get him the ball when you know we got forty yards of space, and we're gonna move him around like he's a wide receiver. And when he gets the ball, I mean, he can truck somebody, he can move like he's a very talented weapon in that passing game. How about the? Did you notice the difference at all, Patrick? Being there, watching the, I don't know, sideline body language. Like, did anything change first half to second half when mm. uh, they were so good in the first half? Bit of a snoozer in the second half. I think it was a little bit of. I mean, East Carolina was up. What was that? What's the math? Forty-one to seven. Yeah. Half. So I mean, huge. And I know I asked some players about it on Tuesday, and they said it's sort of just human nature. You know, yeah. essentially, you got the game in hand, and also, I mean. Uh, what's his face? <laughs> the coach was it Scott, Fr- not Scott Frost. Uh, uh, Jeff Scott. Jeff Scott. Yeah. He was just saying like, "Hey guys, you know we're we're playing terrible." So I mean, they both had some sort of energy. They wanted to do something in the the second half, and East Carolina was just trying to, you know, essentially finish the game out. So I don't think it was anything like I don't know. It, it wasn't any like sort of hanging your head or anything. It was just kind of how football goes sometimes. Uh, everybody by now has probably seen the Jeff Scott audio, uh, the press conference where he basically explains how usf won the game yeah it was like and, right we had two goal lines and then didn't get that and then we had uh the take away one of those touchdowns on a third down and and then we're winning the game with eight minutes left <laughs> and it's like well yeah dude i guess uh go for it but i mean he's doing anything he can to sort of like prop this team up because it looked like they were just just done playing football in the second quarter i mean those guys are just hanging their head taking their helmets off just slowly walking back to the bench i mean usf was just beaten I yeah mean, they were they were in rough shape uh yeah i go said it too that if you can 
can get out early on them they're the kind of team that will just kind of throw it in which they put up an effort i tell you that bo hannon guy was tough i mean a good second half for him he was running around everywhere he was uh on those third downs he would take off and get a first down and uh for a quarterback that did some damage on the ground he's thicker than a lot of those guys you see he's like a, he's a tough tackle right? yeah he's a big boy i mean he's just really talented like you said you can see he can move around in open space <clears> and of course they were going to get a passing touchdown at some point this year right um it, it's you know he, he's a good player but you know east carolina was just way too much for them and put him in a big hole uh patrick as a midwestern guy when i say the word Tulane, what comes in your brain first I, thing honestly i had the first time i heard it i was like where where is this place <laughs> so you're not the only one who was it uh isaiah troy asked isaiah winstead monday about going to new orleans he said he's never been before and he said in fact he didn't know until he saw like the flight plans that it was in new orleans yeah it makes sense because it, it just seemed like Tulane. i don't even know what Tulane is you know like what is that word right that's is what it I mean. a person's name yeah i sort of feel like how i am every uh was a college basketball tournament when you get all these random schools and you have no clue where they're where they're from so i sort of had that that feeling Tulane, you know all right let's google what does Tulane mean what is the etymology of um why is it called Tulane? Tulane. up oh, here we go 1884 uh public university of louisiana was reorganized and named in honor of benefactor paul Tulane. so it's just some guy paulie t yep it's Paul not two like lane. a no four lane highway we got a two lane highway. um we learned what boca raton was on the fifth quarter um because billy weaver kept calling it mouth of the rat <laughs> and i was like what do you mean and then I, I went back to my spanish class and said wait a minute boca is mouth because mm-hmm. i remember the song um oh boy okay you remember head and shoulders yeah, knees and toes? yeah. cabeza umbro pianape pianape yep pianape ojos oreas una boca unaris yeah pretty good so boca is mouth raton rat so uh then we looked it up and boy i go always walks in at the best times <laughs> talking about rats mouth it had something to do with the like coastline there around the area and how the jagged edges were like the uh the mouth of a rat that would take down ships and things like that <laughs> interesting so uh <laughs> you were right there in the the mouth of the rat the belly of the beast I last was. week i'm glad i survived i'm glad <laughs> i got out and now so that's why you're worried about your survival in new orleans yeah i don't want to see any anything that resembles me in a you know voodoo setting <laughs> i'm out i'm out i love how <laughs> terrified you are of this. uh do you watch have you ever watched american horror story uh i've seen like one episode they had the uh a voodoo um uh, season down there in new orleans or whatever um have you ever i asked shirley today i'm trying to get somebody on this show bad sisters you ever heard of that on apple plus no do you have apple i do did you watch severance no I gotta catch up. I'm just really bad at watching shows when they're like out and doing this. Severance is really good. You need to watch that. Okay. Uh, But I read about Bad Sisters, and every Tuesday I look for something to watch because there's no like there's baseball on, but no football. Uh, And so I started that last night. It's pretty good. Anyway, Tulane ECU. What do you think? I think it's gonna be tough um, because two. Honestly, Tulane has really surprised me with the way they played. I think they're a really talented football team. They're kind of, and they're kind of like East Carolina in a yeah. sense, where they, you know, they they kind of have some high expectations. Um, East Carolina is going to really have to play just like they did against South Florida. They 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 got to come out throwing and, and playing well, and they got to stop the run. Um, I think it's going to be tight. I don't I don't know if I've decided on a 
which way or another, but it's probably going to be a, a tight game. Come out throwing. That is what people want to hear. That's what fans want to hear. Like, is Mike Houston and his conservative nature able to do <laughs> it two weeks in a row? You know, we'll see. And and I know they say that what's the defense giving us? If they right. if they aren't stacked in the box, then, yeah, we'll, we'll run the ball with Keaton Mitchell, Marlon Gunn, with Rajay Harris out. But if they if, if that defense looks like it did last week east carolina's got to take those chances down the field and and just get Ayler's the ball and let him uh they got all these weapons in for a reason let's let's see him work i i just love the idea of an offense dictating what the defense does like I, you know like yeah. you're the one with the ball you're the one who's going to control you know the defense theoretically doesn't know what you're going to run i like that idea of you get to decide what the defense does you know i like that so all right there you go Patrick, good stuff, man. We'll check in with you uh, Saturday. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, while you're at the stadium, you can check out Yulman Stadium for the first time. Nice uh, outdoor venue. I'm glad they moved it away from the Superdome, which might have been pretty decent to cover. But uh, I'm kind of looking forward to this, honestly, because yeah. I think the Superdome is just way too big for whatever they got. No doubt. Uh, and appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thanks. And check out your work pages, the Daily Reflector online, reflector.com follow patrick on the tweet machine we'll take a break come back hour three pirate radio live steven Igo, voice the colors joins us after this listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with kinetic physical therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, then kinetic physical therapy can help you get back on track and live well kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical occupational speech and massage therapy all in a state-of-the-art facility on arlington boulevard in greenville visit kineticptgreenville.com for more information now let's head back into prl here's clip and here's steven Igo from voice the colors who joins us hour three of pirate radio live uh sad news to report no did it i was just kidding yeah and in fact, I hope we don't get in trouble for that. Received documents uh, that the Walt Disney Corporation, I go, has put a cease and desist on us playing that theme. So we will no longer be allowed to play it until at least, they said, after uh, football season. So what really happened to put the kibosh on it? I'm tired of doing it. So you made the executive decision? No. After all this talk. Cease and desist. Okay, let's see the proof then. Let's see the document. You can't show that on camera. I'm right here. You can show it to me. My lawyer said don't show it to anybody. You're not even involved in it. It's pirate radio. It ended with the death of Loretta. I'm getting getting so emotional. I can't even say it. Uh, Loretta Lynn. Loretta Lynn passed away. And that's when we said no. We considered her a part of us. So, we can't go on now. Yes. My heart will go on. But As always. The song will not go on. <laughs> yes. Steven, how you doing? 
I'm doing terrible now. I mean, you, you are such a bum. Like, you hated you that. You guys invite me on the show. You hated the song. We make this pack you, that... You hated it so much. Every week you complained about it. You talked over it every We time. make this pack that we can't not play the song unless someone dies. As far as I can tell, we're all sitting here. Loretta unless, Lynn's not. not she's not. One of us is a ghost. Which one of us is a ghost? Let's play a game. Which one? Is, Shirley's the ghost. Shirley's the ghost. Yep. If anybody's a ghost around here, it should be me, right, Chandler? I, oh, uh, yeah. King of ghosts. I can ghost with the best of them. Um, look, man. Let's just... Let's just move on. Soldier soldier through it. Let's we'll, maybe we'll start something new. Nope, know? nope. This, you guys killed it. It's, just, it's dead forever. Just like one of us will be by tomorrow. <laughs> what? This is what it means if you... If you have a blood pact and you break it, oh no, you're gonna feel the consequences. Are y'all worried about that? If so, we should play the song. We shouldn't. <laughs> no, no, don't play it. <laughs> don't play it now. Play it. We don't need a sympathy play. We have wasted more time talking about the song than we would have if we played the freaking song. That is true. <sighs> um, Song's dead. Steven. Clip. Give me uh Give me a non ECU football nugget. A non a little, something to ECU nibble on. football nugget? Just some, a little taste of something. What do you got? <laughs> um, baseball scrimmages going on, baseball, basketball really? practice. Like, well, are you saying like non ECU football? I mean, that could be anything. I mean, I could talk about Mariners. I could talk about. Okay. All right. I'm welcome. I'm open to anything. So we got the, the wild card playoff schedule. Wait, we do? When that come out? Um, Like noon. Today. I was notified that there was no schedule. <clears throat> there was a schedule release because all the matchups were set. I think it was early afternoon. And so the schedule is out, as one oh, would expect. sexy. This is the first time I'm looking at it. Tampa Bay Rays and Guardians get the worst time slot. What kind of schedule is this? Mariners Blue Jays going on at 4 o'clock both uh, Friday and Saturday. There's no West Coast teams. That is mid-flight for me. Uh, and then Saturday during the ECU game. So, so they could be done before you could, could even be. watch a game. Yep. Ah, oh, that stinks that there's no West Coast game uh, team. I know. That's why I was really hoping Seattle would find a way to host. Yeah. That way they could host the Blue Jays and play at 10 o'clock. Right. But we'll just have to wait till the ALDS when they play the Astros. Boy, raise Guardians at noon. The only way that could be worse if it was in Tampa. <laughs> that is know. true. So raise Guardians at noon on ESPN. ABC. Man, that is like, I haven't seen baseball on ABC in a long time, uh, seemingly. Phillies at Cardinals at 2.07. 4 o'clock, Mariners at Blue Jays. 8.07, Padres at Metropolitans. I mean, I feel like Padres-Mets is definitely the headliner, so I'm, I don't have a problem with them getting the best slot. Mariners-Blue Jays is, is low-key good, though. Um, by the way, I think you're looking at... Saturday, Sunday. I went to Sunday. Okay. I wanted to see. Oh. So when are you flying home? 7 a.m. on. So I'll be back by the start time of, of the Sunday, if necessary, game, if if Seattle wins. Or they could sweep. How are you feeling? I honestly feel fairly optimistic. I don't know if I'm expecting a series win, but the, the thing that I do like about Seattle facing the Blue Jays is the Blue Jays are a very offensive team, and typically in the postseason, it's more about pitching and defense. And the, the, you know, playing in that ballpark though, that worries me. It's probably one of the best home field advantages in Major League Baseball. They can hit in that ballpark. 
But Seattle's got a really good starting rotation. They've got a really good bullpen. I think they have the edge on the mound, and and it wouldn't shock me if they they win a couple of low scoring games. <clears throat> I'm getting a little feedback on the song. I got. What do we got? John Moody says, "Play the song." Kenny says, "Thank God that song was so annoying." Nice. I mean, that's basically how how we all feel. Both Pat, ways. Patrick Mason, who has uh, showed his concern about voodoo and things of that nature, said. The blood pack death has some real New Orleans voodoo vibes, you guys. That is true. And <laughs> he fact, is terrified right the now. The fact that I'm going to New Orleans is a little bit worrisome. I mean, if I don't come back, you guys know who to blame. Is this on us? I go, if you died, I'd feel pretty bad about it. I would feel... Oh, I'd be dead. You wouldn't feel anything. I mean, I would just... Uh, my last dying wish would be... Screw Cliff Brock. I tell you what, though. At your funeral, we will play the song. <laughs> That'll make everybody jolly. <laughs> Could we all bow our heads and uh, and play? This is what Igo would have wanted, this song. All right. Uh, boy, we are going off a bad path here. Igo, uh, speaking of bad paths, um, Javante Williams is out for the year. How about you lose Rajay Harris and Williams all in tough, a few tough hours? Down. Tough yeah. Monday. Knew, knew that uh, that Javante would probably be done. I mean, anytime you get the cart back to the locker room, unless you're a DK Metcalf and got to use the <laughs> bathroom, it's it's never a good sign. And you know, figured Rajay's was not good either. You know, was a, a little hopeful when he I saw him walk off the field, but I mean, he was you can walk on a ACL if he limps. So it's just tough, man. And, and both guys really hard nosed running backs, physical, and and both of them were just kind of freak injuries i mean that's usually what acl is and unfortunately if you play running back long enough and you have a lot of wear and tear on your body it's it's bound to happen i mean that's the that's the difficult thing i go um not a lot of nfl games are easy to pick straight up much less against the spread but raiders minus two and a half is one of the easiest picks i've ever made in my life because the broncos stink the broncos don't stink they're just not very good the commanders stink um Another team that stinks are the Panthers. The Broncos are like two and two, just like the rest of the NFL. They beat the 49ers, who beat the crap out of the Rams, and therefore they are average. Hmm. Also, the Raiders were probably going to win that game because Melvin Gordon, A, fumbled and gave away another touchdown. Your lead running back? He, now? he never needs to see the field again. I don't care if I have to. Your starting running back? You're talking about? They sound Latavius Murray. So he's starting this week? I hope so. Oh, I didn't check. I put in waiver claims for both Murray and Boone. Which yeah. one should I want the most? I think Latavius Murray. Although Mike Boone has some uh, has some wiggle. I got neither in that league, and I got neither in that league. But I did it's get rid of Shad White. The so. worst thing in the world. I don't think either either of them are going to be like a feature guy. I mean, it's just going to be by committee. And were you playing fantasy football in the early two thousands? Were you old enough? Oh yeah, Clinton Portis. Uh well, not just that, but Mike Anderson, Alanis oh, yeah. Gary, like whoever the Tatum Broncos Bell, running back was, you Ruben wanted Jones. Yeah, it was insane. Peyton Ellis. Yep, all those dudes, man. They just they were in that zone blocking scheme. Nobody could stop them. And now it's a committee, but. If you have one of those guys, you're going to get some good weeks out of them. It sucks for Williams, man, because yeah. he was uh, he's a talented dude. So, anyway, all right, there's uh, your Broncos chat. They stink. They are really, really bad. I don't know why you won't just say they stink. They're going to win tomorrow, and they're going to be three and two. And then what are you going to? say? Are they going to win tomorrow? The Colts stink. 
There's a lot of stinky teams in there. <laughs> I agree. Your team's one of them. The Colts are another one. So if they if they move to three and two and they're in the playoffs, you're gonna tell me they they stink? No, but I'm sitting here today telling you they stink and they're not gonna make the playoffs because so they who's stink. gonna make it ahead of them? There's like 18 teams to make the playoffs. Some stinky teams got to get in there. I, I will easily pick the teams making the ahead of the playoffs in in their own division. <laughs> the Chiefs. The, the is Char- one. I don't even say the Chargers. Chargers stink. How many, they beat? how many teams make the playoffs? Seven in each league, I believe. All right. Bills. That's one. Uh, North team. Oh, the Ravens. <laughs> um, ugh, a South team. J- Jet. <laughs> J- J- Jaguars. One, a that South. entire division stinks. All right, one South team. Dolphins is four. Chiefs is five. Chargers is six. Raiders slash Bengals is seven. Oh, come on. Raiders? They just beat your team. Easily. 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 They had to return a a fumble for a touchdown. Melvin Gordon handed it to them on a silver platter. They're one and three. (sighs) All right. There you go. Broncos out of the playoffs. We'll take a timeout. You're on the Broncos bandwagon. I know. And boy, have they let me down. I had high expectations. Way higher than you, apparently. Can I do my start? Their coach right sucks. I thought their coach would knew how to. I tell you what, nobody coaches harder when a game's over than Nathaniel Hackett. He was doing it on Sunday too, calling timeouts. He's out yeah, on the field. I had to turn the channel. The game's over, coach. I hate that guy. He sucks. He's terrible. What uh, are you? What were you gonna say? Well, um, as we get a break, can I do a start sit? Yeah. Devin Singletary or the Fumble King, Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Devin Singletary, 100 days of the week. <laughs> the Fumble King. I would never pick Melvin Gordon. That's an unfortunate nickname to have if you're a football player. The He's fumble allowed King. four fumbles return for touchdowns in the past two seasons, which like doesn't even seem possible. It is kind of strange. I get, but he's a... He's talented, right? He's good. Like he yeah. averages like five yards a carry, but he just fumbles, man. It's, yeah. Like he fumbled even twice during the Sunday night football game against the Niners. Luckily, they just went out of bounds or Denver recovered it. But it's just, I don't know, man. I don't get it. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. Pirates Green Wave. We'll talk about it when we return after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust like Ashley Capps, Lee Watson, Bonner Latham, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt. First Bank, together with their customers, they're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Stephen Ayo, Hoist the Colors, joining us. I don't, I don't know if I can take you seriously now when it comes to your thoughts on teams. <laughs> Since you think Denver is okay. <coughs> Denver's, and I bring that up. Denver's got uh, athleticism, talent. They got the best cornerback in football. Champ Bailey? Patrick Sertan. Senior? He's still playing? Yeah, it's amazing. 
Patrick Sertain. Is it Sertain or Sertain? Sertain, I think. Okay. Um, played for the Dolphins. Surely, I saw a uh, tweet today. And it said it was from uh, Fox Sports NFL. NFL uh-huh. on Fox. Uh, it said the Dolphins have had 24 starting quarterbacks. Well, thank you, <laughs> Captain Obvious. <laughs> uh, Shirley Rhodes Duh. actually had that stat yesterday for us here on the show. And uh, I don't know why it keeps coming up, but uh, there you go. And, uh, oh, it's coming up because two is out, I guess. Uh, yeah, he's out. Up. So uh, Teddy Bridgewater back at it again. And Jadlin, old Teddy ball game. Jadlin Waddle didn't practice today, so oh, don't tell me that. Yeah, he didn't practice today, so he'll be all right. He didn't practice a lot. He's one of those guys that doesn't practice and just plays and balls. Talking about practice. Talking about practice. Stephen, uh, East Carolina, Tulane, Green Wave, an impressive, impressive four and one coming off the win over Dana Holgerson. I can't believe I took Dana Holgerson last week, and so did you. Yeah, we uh, we misread that one. I mean. To go on the road and win with your third-string quarterback, which he looked actually pretty good against Cincinnati last year in, in, in short notice, having to play. But the biggest thing for Tulane this year is, is they're playing defense. Last year, they were awful defensively to begin the year with a, a new coordinator, and then they had some guys out with injuries. This year, they're just playing sound defense. They're not really giving up big plays, which was a problem last year. They're playing a lot more base defense. If you watch that Houston game, they basically forced Houston to take the four and five yard play and matriculate the ball down the field, and that's something that I don't know if Dana Holgerson is like not a fan of, or like it just took them a long time. And finally, in the second half, they started to do it, and they ate time of possession up. But then they were almost too far behind the eight ball that they ended up losing. It almost feels like if Houston could have just kind of like calmed down and settled down. Yeah. But that's not who they are because no. that's not who their head coach is. He's a screaming lunatic on the sidelines. Yep. And they're that's how they play. And like after the game, they got guys throwing their helmets on the ground and because that's who their coach is. I feel like if they would freaking relax, which if they're if ECU's in that kind of game with Houston with uh Tulane, I like ECU's chances a lot better than I do Houston's chances. Yeah, and it, I really do think it's gonna come down to the end and you know, you look at the past two meetings. Tulane has gotten the better of ECU in 2020. ECU really took it to them last year. I kind of asked Miles Berry, I was like, this almost feels like the rubber match to me of like a three-game series. You know, obviously they're going to play again next year probably, but like a lot of these guys are older and a lot of the Tulane guys are older. It just feels like, you know, you're going to have a tight game to kind of close out this quote-unquote series. And, and it's a big game. Every year, man, Tulane oh, yeah. is always the swing game. We talk about it every single And this year. year is no different. It's it's right in the middle of the schedule, pretty early in conference play. For both teams, I think the winner of this game goes on to potentially compete for an American Athletic Conference title or at least enters the mix. The loser, you're probably looking more, hey, we just want to make a bowl game. And for ECU, you need it for that conference title. If you lose this game, I think for ECU, it's important for both of those options. Yeah. Um, if you don't get this one, you still got to find a few more wins on the schedule, which are out there in the Temple. <coughs> yeah. But it's, I mean, uh, Memphis is, is winnable. I'm it's a huge Memphis. game. Yeah. UCF at home, winnable. But I mean, you, you start looking past that. I mean, there's not, there's no slam dunks on the schedule, and certainly not this weekend. You're an underdog, but. Um, you know, we don't know what the two-lane quarterback situation is. I, I kind of get the vibe that there's a decent chance we see the the backup again, um, Horton. Really? 
Yeah, I just I don't know. You know, the Michael Pratt kid dealt with a shoulder injury all of last year and was never quite himself, and it sounds like that's kind of crept back up again. Um, you know, I went back and watched the end of the Southern Miss game with about 30 seconds left. He got slung down by his helmet right onto his shoulder and you know twisted up his neck. So even if he plays, you got to wonder if he's 100. percent But you know, it's their defense that's the biggest thing. Their offensive numbers really aren't that impressive when you look at what they've done against legitimate FPS competition. Like you got to remember when you look at their numbers, they played UMass, who is the worst team probably outside of UConn, worse than UConn now because UConn beat somebody, and Alcorn State. So their numbers are pretty highly inflated based on those two games. Um, again, I agree. I look more at what they did at K State yeah. and at Houston. Kansas State, obviously, huge win. Houston, even in their wins, hasn't looked good this year. But, I mean, they're definitely a, a quality team, and you got to go on the road and play them. But I don't think they're just some this this unbeatable force that ECU can't win the game. All right. Well, uh, let's make some picks, I guess. Let's do it. We stink. Uh, I went three and two last week. You went two and three, which means we are tied at 11 and 13 against the spread this year. We're just like the NFL. We are very stinky average. Stinky average. All right. Let's get those numbers up this week, Steven, starting with. Tulane, a three and a half point favorite against East Carolina. I think this is a basically a field goal, three four point game either way, and it's. I think it comes down to the fourth quarter. It's just going to be what team makes those plays at the end of the game. I think ECU has been in this spot so many times. I think this is the game that they make the plays and win. Mm. Going Pirates win outright, cover the spread. Tulane also has major kicking issues, so. Yeah, if this Corey game Glory comes down us there's a competition goal. going on. If this game comes down to a field goal, that'll be a uh, old flip of the coin. Um, I'm seeing... I'm going to go reverse jinx here. Tulane, 28-24 over the Pirates. Give me the green wave. Feels like a very possible score. Uh, like every game at Tulane is like 27-23, you know, that type of deal. Those are the basketball scores when we play them, too. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one by me. Uh, I go. Maybe you prior to Ron Hunter. <laughs> I love some. Hey, Ron Hunter follows me on Twitter, I go. Does he really? Yeah. Let me see. Uh, it was very random. I don't know why that happened. Were you tweeting about his uh, sideline mannerisms? Boom. Still follow me. Thank you, Ron. You're the man. Um, probably. I love Ron Hunter. I, he's awesome. I go, every game we're going to pick this week has a spread of minus three and a half or smaller. In fact, that Tulane ECU game, the biggest spread we're picking this week. So we got a lot of tight ones. How about some Wednesday night football? Yeah. I had no idea till today that this game was happening tonight. And I'm excited now to watch this at AJ's during sports trivia. UCF minus two and a half against SMU. And this is... Central Florida playing at home. The bounce house. I'm <clears throat> going UCF here. I, I feel pretty pretty good about it. I, SMU, traditionally not a great road team, especially traveling east, so I'm, I'm going to go Knights. Um, I'll go UCF. Tennessee is a road... Oh, let me go back to the American. Memphis minus three at home against Houston. I don't care. I'm not picking Dana Holgerson. <laughs> Memphis, I mean, it's a great yeah. bounce back for Houston to it look is, awesome this weekend. Is, but I is. and and they're going to. I'm not picking Dana Holgerson. 
I feel like I've been waiting for. I picked Houston last week because I expected them to look pretty good because they've been playing so crappy. At this point, I'm just accepting the fact they're a bad football team. They've lost their stud defensive end. They really only have one major weapon offensively, Tank Dale. Their quarterback seems very erratic. Yeah. Um, I'm going. I'm going Memphis. I don't think Memphis is that great either, but they've they've won they've won the games that have been in front of them. They beat Navy, so we'll go Memphis. Tennessee is a three-point favorite on the road at LSU. This is a good game because Tennessee, they're in the top ten. They were. Uh, this is Chandler's upset pick of a, a top ten team this week. He's got LSU beating Tennessee. We saw Brian Kelly and LSU lose a tough one to Florida State, and since then they have won. Right? They beat Mississippi State, uh, so they are trending up in the top twenty-five. Kickoff time for this game. This is a nooner, eleven o'clock local time. Oh, I like your reasoning there. If it would have been a night game in Death Valley. I would have gone. Interesting. Going Tennessee. I've ridden with the Vols this year. I think I am as well. All right, NC State minus three, Florida State. Question now: Does NC State let last week just tank their season, or do they respond in a big way? I think they win. I think they're still pretty good. Uh, Florida State also coming off a loss as they uh, fell to Wake Forest last week. And this, I saw that one coming a mile away. This is in Raleigh, correct? It's in Raleighwood. I'm going to NC State. All right. The only game Sounds we correct. have different is East Carolina Tulane. So one of us is going 0-5, the other one. <laughs> That's how it's going to work out. All right, I go. It's 3 uh, 531. Three five thirty one. It's wow. five thirty one. You said you're leaving at five thirty two. That's correct. I've so got we got forty five seconds. Yeah. What are you? Uh, anything on your mind? <clears throat> Not really. What's your favorite cereal? And when's the last time you ate cereal? Um, favorite cereal is Captain Crunch. Last time I had berries s- or non non berries. Okay. I like dry Captain cereal or <laughs> <laughs> dry Captain Crunch. Okay. I'll eating it straight out of the box. I'm not a big uh, Cheerios fan, but Slater's eating Cheerios right now, and so I'll, uh, yeah. I'll eat some of those every now and then. That's cool. Uh, how's the, the Slater doing? Cool stuff yet? He's he's walking around. He's he's uh, talking about how I don't need to go to uh, where was I going to go that one time where he wanted me to not go <laughs> with you guys. Oh, the watch along. Yeah, he doesn't want me to do any watch alongs, but uh, those are the only phrases he's been able to say thus far. All right, uh, can't wait to see him. You haven't. Uh, can I come over during the Super Bowl? Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk to him. Yep. I want to meet him. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, he'll probably be like asleep. I've met him, but I want to meet him, meet him. You no, know I, want to, I want to talk shop with him. I, I want, want to just I, shoot, the, yeah. shoot the crap. I want to That's fine. Yeah. chop it up with him. Chop, chop it, it up. up. See you, Steven. See you guys. All right. Steven and I got to hoist the color. Shirley, let's open up the booty bag. How about that? How about that? How about that? Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Open the booty bag. Get a camera on Igo. We missed it. See you, Steven. He was doing a little dance number over there in the corner. A little twerk. That's what we like to call twerk. <laughs> All right, Shirley, what are we giving away today? A $10 gift card to Familia. Oh, man. I love Familia. Italian <laughs> yeah. for family. They did a yes, cheeseburger sub special yesterday that looked delicious. Make sure you're following them on social media because they'll pop up those specials uh, yeah, there's every like day. Eight they, have, they have a pizza of the week every single week and then they're open for lunch on Sundays. So go and enjoy some NFL football on Sundays at Familia. I got a gift card. Told my roommates. I said, boys, I've got supper for 
I've got dinner for Thursday night football. It's going to be rebellious uh-huh. pizza. Good plan, man. All right, Shirley, what caller are you looking for? Eight. Caller eight, 317-1250. We're back with more Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday. See you then. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Congratulations to John Moody of Bethel. Picked up a $10 gift card to Familia. Familia is your place for great Italian food. Whether it's great New York-style pizzas, homemade meatballs, lasagna, chicken parm, or the delicious homemade desserts, Familia is a winning play every time. For dine-in or takeout, make Familia your go-to play when you have a hungry team. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. Shirley, what band does John listen to when he's feeling sad? <laughs> John Tesh. No, I don't know. Uh, the Moody Blues. Ooh. Okay. Thank you. Hold on. One moment, please. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Chandler, uh, I just saw a tweet. First of all, why does Twitter have like, I don't follow this guy. I don't know this guy. Why is it on my timeline? Get off my timeline. But anyway, I saw the all bust fantasy team for this year so far. If you have these guys on your team, they have been bust through four weeks and i'll reel them off quarterback matthew stafford hey i was on him last year got off him this year good call good Good, move good so far running back i wanted this guy this year i didn't get him and so far it's a good thing alvin Kamara. oh if he's on my team another running back cam Akers. not on my team wide receiver i wanted him didn't get him in my drafts Allen robinson not on my team uh another wide receiver which he has in the flex. I'm going to save one name for last uh, that I did get and is a nothing burger, Darnell Mooney. You don't want anybody in that uh, passing offense for the Bears. Maybe because his quarterback averages eight <laughs> completions a game, and that's not even a joke. That's not even an exaggeration. That is a stat, a fact. Tight end, didn't get him, and you had to get him pretty early, Kyle Pitts. Mm. Uh, and then there's one more name up here, Chandler. And why would I bring you into this conversation, do you think? Well, because he plays for a team called the Carolina Panthers, and his name is DJ Moore. Yeah, DJ Moore is actually on my starting lineup. You've named two guys there, Kamara uh, and DJ Moore. I do have DJ Moore still in the lineup, but... Yeah, DJ Moore is not producing, and you can simply say... It's on the quarterback play. Every receiver we mentioned, Allen Robinson, well, his quarterback is on this bus list. Stinks. Um, and banged up, right? Yeah. Uh, Mooney. Uh, has Justin no... Field has a quarterback. Let me say this again. Just said it about a minute ago. <laughs> has a quarterback that averages around eight catch or eight completions a game. Yeah. That's not good for a receiver when it comes to fantasy. Cooper Cup averages eight receptions a game. Darnell Mooney's quarterback averages eight completions a game and about one and a half of those going to Mooney. And then DJ Moore struggles 
now i have not broken down the all 22 dj moore film from this year i'm gonna say a lot of his struggles have to do with baker mayfield stinking yes that has to be the deal yeah right now projected this week for dj moore and this is a uh non ppr league dj moore is projected 8.89 points per game uh points this week for the panthers who will face off against the 49ers on sunday no chance he gets another that. four another four o'clock game for the panthers and i agree with you clip there's no way he's probably going to get another three points four points because you have a quarterback in baker mayfield who is not he's very inconsistent right now and just cannot get i mean dj moore is getting open i have seen the film on twitter i've seen the film in other places too dj moore is getting open but uh, but Baker Mayfield has, is finding ways to miss him. He's finding ways to – and you you saw that last week. Oh, my goodness. Against the Cardinals. How about this? You saw where Baker Mayfield cannot make the passes that he needs to make, especially in his the, – the experience that he has, the weapons that he has. He cannot be making these mistakes, and he is. I, uh, I was going to say part of it – that DJ Moore is going to be touchdown dependent at this point to, to get points because he's just – he has been like the focal point of the receiving game over the years since he's been in Carolina, right? Uh, you want to know what's on the what's on the line for DJ Moore? Consecutive one thousand yard receiving. He's got like three or four, and you yep. look back at the quarterbacks that he had has or has had. It's remarkable that he's gotten a thousand yards. And always, right now, he is not on pace for that. They've always found a way to get him the ball, no matter who's a quarterback. It's not working this year. Another thing I was going to say too is he just doesn't have a lot of opportunities because they're not on the field a whole lot. Well, I looked up the uh, the stat I was looking for was most three and outs in the NFL this year. I didn't find that one, but I've got third down percentage. The Panthers, by far, dead last in the NFL on third downs, mm-hmm. 25% right now. So they're going three and out. They're not sustaining drives. No. Yeah. Uh, I want to say, and i got to look this up to be sure, but I'll guess, but I want to say that the Panthers are averaging five and a half plays per possession. Right, okay. Five and a half, uh, maybe even less than that. Yeah. That's not good. That's so not going to get it done. You're one, not staying on the field. Yeah. You're putting this defense in way too many uh, – and, and a lot of pressure. Uh, the time of possession in that second half against Arizona on Sunday was re- just absolutely r- ridiculous. Uh, Panthers just are not doing anything with the football – and does it come down to play calling? Does it come down to the quarterback? Does it come down to the head coach? I think it just kind of all mixes in together. It is brutal, and it's a shame because this defense is a young defense that is very aggressive, that's getting after it, uh, makes their mistakes here and there. But when you have a when you have an offense and a quarterback that's so inconsistent, it's just it's hard to succeed. All right, uh, struggle time there. Things uh, going better here on the eastern part of the state with ECU football. Let's hear. Some more uh, Mike Houston from Tuesday as uh, he talked about C.J. Johnson and that four-touchdown performance after having a uh, a loss in his family. This is cut to Cheryl. Well, you know, this is something we've kind of uh, been supporting C.J. for a couple of weeks now, uh, you know, in anticipation that this could happen. Um, And, you know, when when it did happen, uh, we offered, you know, all the support that, uh, that he needed. Um, I just I think that uh, he was as prepared as you can be for this. Um, you know, it's obviously very emotional for him because she was a huge part of his life. Um, but one thing that uh, he was very clear with us about was, you know, he wanted to play Saturday uh, and he wanted to honor her. 
Um, she was a big, uh, a big factor in him being here at East Carolina. And, you know, even through some of um, the maturing phases that he's went through in his early years, she was a big factor in him pushing through that uh, and always been great counsel to him. So I think it was important for him and his family that he did play. And, uh, you know, what an incredible performance. Uh, can't say enough positive things about it for him. Uh, and just so happy for him, uh, but just what a, a great way to honor someone that was a huge part of his life uh, and just you know doing that for her on Saturday. All right, there is Mike Houston talking about C.J. Johnson, his fantastic performance in difficult times. Got a, a call actually from uh, Michael Winstead, father of Isaiah, on the fifth quarter Saturday uh, talking about C.J. And speaking of which, Chandler, can you do one more for me? Can you do me a favor? Can you – sure open up a blank document on your computer because there's something i want you to keep up with we're gonna we're gonna do something okay we're gonna start the michael winstead juice counter uh dumpster juice list because he's got his first nominees i guess entries to that list he said uh clip they all go on the juice list and he's referring to i guess the panthers in this situation or either all those players we talked about but i think the panthers right now are going to be the first entry into the Michael Winstead dumpster juice list. So, Chandler, if you could uh, just jot down Panthers, and this will be a list that we keep up with every day. And I think we should add at least a team or one player person. It can be like a person in the world, too, that we put on the juice list every day here on Pirate Radio Live. I like this idea. This is something new we can keep up with. So I'm starting with the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah. Right. How about Panthers offense? I, yeah, and I think that should be on top of the list. Panthers offense, Deservedly, yeah. number one right now on the Michael Winstead dumpster juice list. And we will update this daily. But there's our, our first entry. Thank you for that, Michael. All right. Uh, let's, i tell you who's not on the dumpster juice list. What's that? Blake Harrell or this goal line defense it has been phenomenal for east carolina in 2022 mike houston talked about the goal line stand and the turnover there in the first half cut three well i think the play in the uh in the first half is 14 nothing uh south florida drives the length of the field they've got it inside the five yard line uh julius wood uh makes a great strip uh of uh bohannon and Xavier Smith recovers uh, in, the, in the pile right there. You know, huge turning point in the game because, you know, they're getting ready to punch it in, be 14-7. But it turns out, you know, we get the ball there on the two-yard line or whatever, and we score three plays later to go up 21-0. So obviously it's a huge momentum swing there in the first half. And then, you know, that there in the fourth quarter is as big as it gets. You know, 8.06 remaining, it looks like Michael Dukes has scored to cut it to 13 points. Um, you know, they review it. He didn't quite get in, so they've got it on the six-inch line. Uh, and for us to stand and turn him over on downs, uh, you know, that in combination with the offense's ability to get it off the goal line in that situation, that was the ball game. You know, because I'll be honest, I didn't feel comfortable if the game was put away yet. I mean, I don't think anybody did. And so, you know, that stop, because we were, we were preparing our hands team because they would have obviously onside kicked with, uh, or I felt like they would with eight minutes to go. Um, you know, but to be able to, uh, you know, to, to turn it over right there and then our offense respond with, you know, a six-and-a-half-minute drive to never give the ball back to them, that's pretty impressive too. But I think just that sequence there at the end of the game uh, was the story. 
All right, Mike Houston, uh, his defense getting it done when they need to the most. Let's talk some running backs here. Mike Houston talked about the mindset now of Rajay Harris, the uh, talented pirate running back and also uh, one of our favorites here on Mondays on the Players' Lounge. Talked about his mindset right now as he's dealing with this injury. Cut five. Well, I mean, he's obviously very disappointed, as we are. And, you know, my heart sunk for him on the field Saturday because down deep I knew – you know, we wanted to get the you know get the test results to confirm, but uh, and it's uh, I think just everybody's rallied around him. I, mean, I think it's a good good word for it. You know, he and I have had a couple of talks. Uh, you know, I've talked to his parents. Um, you know, it's we're going to support him. Uh, I just he's such a people person. Uh, I'm probably more worried about him mentally than I am physically. Uh, he will make a full recovery. Uh, he'll he'll wear the purple and gold and be a great player for us again, uh, just not tomorrow. Um, but, uh, you know, biggest, my biggest concern right now is just making sure we get him healthy uh, and support him mentally through this process. Uh, he's just such an incredible young man. There's so much more to him than just his play on the field and, uh, and, and for this team, too. I mean, it, this, he means a lot to this team. This me- team means a lot to him. So, uh, you know, he'll still be a positive impact on our roster throughout the rest of the season. Uh, it'll just be in different ways. All right. Uh, with Rajay out, what about the running back room moving forward? Mike Houston gave us uh, some comments on that six. Well, obviously, you know, a lot of it's going to fall on Keaton, uh, and, you know, rightfully so. Uh, but, uh, you know, just like when both of them were healthy, um, I just think college football anymore, you, you've got to play multiple backs. Uh, so, you know, we felt really, really good going into the game last Saturday with Marlon Gunn. He had had a great week of practice. I uh, felt very comfortable with him carrying the load that he carried. Uh, and obviously he responded uh, in a very positive manner. Uh, so, you know, you'll have more on his shoulders right now. Uh, Camaro Edmonds has continued to uh, improve throughout the year. So obviously you'll have uh, you know, some, some weight on his shoulders, and I think he's prepared for that, excited for that. Uh, and then you'll have some other guys that will have some opportunities. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, why you, it's why you have depth. It's why you build depth. Uh, and my, my stuff to the players all the time is you never know when you're going to get your opportunity, you know, that we all remember the day that we got our first shot, and you just got to make sure you're prepared for that shot. And so there's going to be some guys that are going to get their opportunities here, you know, over the balance of the season. All right, and uh, one more on the running backs. His thoughts on Marlon Gunn, the talented pirate freshman who we're starting to see more and more of. Cut seven. I thought he did a really good job on Saturday. Uh, you know, multiple times he was matched up on linebackers. He was matched up on a lineman one time. Uh, stood in, did a good job. Uh, he'll have to continue to improve that piece. Uh, that's always the piece that young guys struggle with a little bit, but I thought he did a good job Saturday. So I think, um, you know, the one thing with him, Obviously, there, he has a lot of God-given ability, and that's the reason we signed him. Uh, but, you know, for him to be as prepared as he is this early in his career, I think really is a testament to his work ethic and his drive and his character. Um, you know, the reason he has improved so much so quickly in the first five weeks of the season is because every day he pushes himself in practice. He pushes himself in everything he's doing. And, it's really what you want to use to encourage other young players is if you will apply yourself daily and have that drive and that motivation, you will make great strides early in your career. 
All right, there is Mike Houston uh, talking about the running back situation right now and Marlon Gunn in particular, who uh, is going to have to step up, as will the others, in the absence of Rajay Harrison, hoping to get the home run hitting ability of Keaton Mitchell back. And uh, if he was so close to playing on Saturday, I'm going to assume he's playing this week, although we assumed all Bud Light pregame tailgate he'd be playing on Saturday, and he did not um in that game down in tampa so at least try to give it a, a go uh in warm-ups you know suiting up in the pads and stuff but yeah. i guess uh some, some either he get, uh, decided or maybe a coaches or uh the medical staff decided to not go so maybe he's ready to go come this weekend in new orleans surely let's get our last break in we'll come back you're ready to wrap things up on a wednesday edition of pirate radio live back with you after this Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. All right, a quick look uh, at your stock market, and it was a down day as the Dow dropped 42 points, closed out at 30,273. NASDAQ was down 27 at 11,148 and the S&P is down 7 at 3,783. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC. Now back to the show. Here's Clip. Alright, uh, man, we should cancel Sports Street tonight and go dancing. Like go to a hot club in town. Uh, Go dancing. What do y'all think? Y'all, sure. You in? I'm not. <laughs> Shirley's Most tired. Got live music tonight. Shirley's a no. Or we could go to sports trivia and just play rave music and dance. And just dance like move all On this day in 1986. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you Thursday, 3 o'clock for an all new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.